Be careful. You might learn something. Let's go. You are now tuned in to the Factual Opinions Podcast with your host, I am Pharaoh. Straight Facts. What it be, world? Season 3, episode 24. Factual Opinions Podcast, the best podcast sports-wise in the city of Cincinnati. I am your gracious host. I am Farrell, checking in with the Brown, Bruce Wayne, Big John. Yes, sir. And our resident Celtics fan, Will West, the best Nate. You know it. (laughs) So we have a lot of things to get to this episode and a few conversations that I really don't want to have. But in fairness and being the best podcast in the city of Cincinnati, we have to touch on. So um, let's let's get started right away. But first, I want to exchange some pleasantries, make sure everybody had a Christmas tree up, everybody had a a lights and decorations up. Man, you know who I'm married to. I already was trying to put lights out in the front and help her put an inflated Santa up. I just got off work. I ain't want to do none of that, but it's up. Ain't that cute. Yeah, yeah, they got kids, so he got to get the Christmas tree up. Had to go up. Right. I'm gonna go get the Christmas tree tomorrow, but everything else up. So he's not tuned in uh, yet. Uh, he'll have to go back and listen to this episode. I want to give a shout out to um, our friend of the show, Mr. Will Johnson, the head basketball coach, varsity boys at Schroeder High School, our alma mater. Uh, Nate went there in junior high, started the <laughs> campaign. By beating North College Hill on opening night, which was pretty exciting. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, went down to Nate's alma mater, uh, the Hughes Big Red, last night. It got kind of ugly in the second half, but uh, definitely want to give a shout out to um, my alma mater and what we're trying to build over there. And uh, John, it'd be nice if you want to, you know, attend a basketball game or two. <laughs> <laughs> Here you go. I was supposed to come to that game, but I had to work, man. You know, I got a lot of situations at home I'm trying to take care of. So, yeah, yeah that's why uh, Brother Johnson gave you the one finger salute when you asked. I, yeah, me to schedule. I ain't no hell. I ain't no hell. <laughs> Whatever. I'll it's be like, at one. I'm gonna catch one. It's like Big John ain't coming. Well, they got a lot of games, so I'd like to see you at more than one. As long as I I have the schedule, that's why I asked for the schedule. He out like last time he was coaching. I didn't come to games. Okay, I you went did. to basketball game. I did. I definitely did. I went to I went to more basketball games. I ain't go to no football games, and I played football. That's true. <laughs> I, I went to basketball games. Well, this time I did get you to I believe one Schroeder football yeah. game at least. Yeah, yeah. So we're gonna try yeah. to do better. Yeah. Did, I, did I go to more than one? I know I we went to the Batavia game. Yeah, I do know that. And yeah. the funny thing about that, before the Batavia game, the last time I went to game, Zeke was a senior. <laughs> so that's what was that, 08? Uh, yeah. I, I believe so. so, yeah. 08, 09, one of them. So, Heck, 08? God, please, John. Right. What's he doing? It's a beautiful school. And then let me throw that plug out there for anybody in Cincinnati Public School District or attending the Cincinnati Public School High school. There's a lot of exciting things happening at Schroeder as a school and athletically. Uh, it's a beautiful building and campus. It's one of the newer <clears throat> buildings in the district. I would check them out. Don't let everybody fool you and think you got to go to Withrow Tab or Woodward. 
<laughs> you know, there's other options out there. But right. um, well, let's do the football thing first. I want to start by talking about um, our Cincinnati Bengals, man. Everybody thought they were throwing up the white flag and looking at draft positioning and everything. Uh, but they came out on Monday night and uh, beat the first place Jacksonville Jaguars with backup QB Jake Browning under center as the quarterback. It was intense. It was, intense. Yeah. It was, it was right. very intense. But, but let me throw this out there, then I'm going to get you guys' opinion on it. So Jake Browning actually went 32 of 37 passing the ball for 354 yards and a touchdown, uh, 75.6 completion percentage. That is a team that could still qualify for the playoffs. Now, will they is the question. Let me, let me ask you guys. So, so what do you think with uh, Jake Browning? He looked a lot more comfortable in game two. Um, you know, under center, do you think the Bengals still have what it uh, takes to make the playoffs this year? They can. Uh, right now, the AFC is tight. It's a real slim chance, but they do have a chance. And I realize about Rick Browning, at every level he produced, like he was one of the best high school quarterbacks like ever. Like if you look at some of his stats, it's ridiculous. And then he had a decent career at Washington, so yeah, he probably he probably is one of those guys that's the late bloomer, like the quarterback of the Seahawks. Like he just you know coming to his own probably later on in life, but he's always been able to you know produce. That's why the the moment didn't look too big for him on Monday Night Football because he's always been in those moments, whether in high school or college. And he stated that, and he looked very comfortable. Um, I remember Jake Brown his last game at Washington coming up short to. And look guys in that uh, Rose Bowl, but he did have a very productive uh, career. Also helps though that uh, you got T Higgins back. Yeah. And what I was telling people is, I said, you know, Jamar Chase obviously had a monster, you know, game. But I'm telling you, what helps with that is the fact that T Higgins is on the other side, just as a mere mm-hmm. threat, and you have to pay attention to him, which allowed took Uno a lot to of attention off. Took a lot of attention off of him. Absolutely, as it's supposed to, and I still like that tight end. What's his name, Tanner Hudson? Yeah, uh, for for the Bengals. I like Hudson he, better than Smith. Yeah, yeah. Irv Irv might have uh, been damaged goods or done when he got here, a little fizzle out product. But no, they need to find a way to keep uh, Tanner Hudson on the on the roster because he's been producing quite well at the tight end spot. Still, wouldn't mind drafting another one. I know they like Drew Sample. Um, and you know what's funny is I told Big John. No, actually, I told both of you guys. I saw Bengals executive vice president Katie Blackburn at uh, Kroger over the weekend yep. yeah, and uh, mm-hmm. waved to her, spoke to her. Uh, I know she was shocked because, you know, she still don't think a lot of people know who uh, she is. I'm like, no, nah, we, we know who you are, Miss Blackburn. <laughs> you know, um, but. I'm really proud of the Bengals for, for not packing it in. Now, you know, I've heard some people in message boards are seen online where they're like, you know, I don't really know that they should even do this or does it make sense? They're just going to, you know, get themselves out of pre- premium draft position to get somebody, you know, early in the draft that can be a difference maker. But honestly, I'm never for tanking. And unless the season is just like totally done for, and you talk about you got one or two wins, you know, towards the, uh, latter quarter 
of the season and you in position to get that number one or two draft picks, I'm like, okay, I'm still not for tanking, but you know, I would understand. So, you know, the Bengals have a lot of pride. I'm, I'm really happy with the progress that we've seen just from week to week with Jake Brown. And so we'll see, we got the Colts this weekend. Yeah, that's going to be a major game. That's, that's going to be a position game. I think if we beat them, we would be tied with them, but we would have the tiebreaker and we would move into, I believe, that last playoff spot. Yeah. And uh, Brother Joe Dean showed up this week, had a good game. And then yeah, his backup actually, the backup actually came in and made some big plays for him, too. Broke off a couple runs. He's been hurt. That, and we see why he got drafted. We're yeah, I like the, the Chase Brown. Yep, yeah, from, from Illinois. I was waiting to see him get some real burn out there. Uh, but, I mean, y'all know how I am about Joe Dean anyway. I have felt like he's been, you know, underutilized since he got here, you know, because I what I saw was a carbon copy of Le'Veon Bell and the ability to run the ball as well as be an elite pass catcher out of the backfield. Uh, Joe continues at this stage of his career to be able to make people, you know, miss. What I do like this year is he hasn't really danced as much. You know, he's been hitting the hole solid and getting his yards and so forth. But I still think the number of opportunities have not been what I would like to see. Like I said, Joe Mixon would have his tongue hanging out if it was if it was me. I mean, I would, you know, of course, I'm old school, but, you know, I would Eddie George left, Eddie George right, uh, toss it to Eddie George in the, in, out of the backfield, throwing the ball like if it was me. You just made me realize they really don't use the toss. Well, when they have, it's it's so predictable and just ill-timed that it doesn't work. So they have gone away from throwing the toss to him. But, I mean, even utilizing the screen, which they've gotten better at throwing, you know, screen passes to Joe Mixon this year. I just mean even out of the flat backfield flare out to uh, the running back, man. I mean, he's cold with all of that. So um, I hope that they give him some more opportunities going forward because it will make it easier on Jake Browning and take some of the pressure yeah. off of him too. Oh, well, that's why they were feeding him this game. Didn't he end up with like three touchdowns? Uh, so I know he at least had two. Yeah, they're gonna feed him. I mean, when you got Joe Burrow, you can drop back and pass that many times. Now, that would help Joe if he didn't have to, but that's what they're doing. They just relying everything on Joe in the passing game, so that's why they underutilizing him. Yeah, I remember that game last year. I think they played the Panthers, man, where finally. Zach Taylor, and I think it was due to some criticism that he had been receiving for not using Joe Mixon as much. Uh, started handing in the ball, and what Joe had like five touchdowns that game. Right, right, right. Yeah, he had like he had like yeah, three man. rushing and two two catching, something like that. Something yeah. like that. But it was it was nice smack in the face to people that were talking about start small JP Ryan and all that garbage. I'm like Joe Mixon is now the second all time leading rusher. In uh, Bengals history, behind the other number twenty-eight. Shout out to Corey Dillon, who said he would come on the podcast. Still waiting <laughs> for you, brother. You know, yes, sir, yes, sir. Uh, but I did. Oh, and I forgot. Also, another shout out to a brother that should be coming on. You know, I had the pleasure of meeting Bearcats uh, legend, and for all of us in our age group, never forget this guy, uh, Levitating Levitt, Melvin. Levin, a.k.a. the helicopter, um, yesterday was assistant coach uh, for Hughes High School and uh, met him before the game. Talked to him a little bit after. Uh, cool dude. So hopefully should be having him 
on the program soon. Uh, but yeah, I want to transition away from the Bengals talk because I feel like the Bengals are going to respond. They have a lot of guys that have a lot of internal pride and direction and uh, have turned around the culture here. So yeah, I don't expect them to give up down the stretch regardless of what does or does not happen. But we'll stick with football. There's a lot of, um, you know, controversy and people talking about uh, the college football playoff um, committee and their decision and the four teams that they included in the playoffs this year. I know Big John uh, <laughs> has some, some comments for me. He was really upset that uh, Florida State did not get why were you, Why were you so upset Florida State did? Because it's, 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 it's stupid, man. It's like – and I know – the, the 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 mantra of what they have going on is we're going to get the four best teams. But it's kind of funny they switched that from year to year. Now, if you want to go through all the criteria they say they're using, whether it be undefeated, which I know that's kind of like spoken but unspoken. They don't really use it, but it plays a part. Okay, like the undefeated conference championship, Florida State hit all the marks. They had a dominating defense. Okay, their quarterback got hurt. I understand that's a very important position. I get that. They have a backup quarterback who was very highly recruited to as well, who was actually playing well. They had the third string due to the second string having a concussion. They wouldn't have went to the playoffs with the third string quarterback. They would have went in there with the second string quarterback. I get all the factors, but if you, if I'm a Florida State kid, having a dominating defense that they had, having the season that they had, having oh, the running oh, oh, game. You're talking about dominating defense. Yes. Go look at their numbers. 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 Everybody in that in the playoff right now, they can compete with. There's no money in the playoff. That my only thing, with. and I'm not saying you're doing this, John, but people focus in on one aspect or criteria that the committee uses when somebody does or doesn't get in, and they say, but based on this, and I'm like, there's a complete list. And, you know, I don't know that they factor one criteria over the other as much as, like you said, ultimately just trying to pick the four best teams. But in that, in the bylaws and, you know, procedures, they do say that they factor in injuries as well. And strength of schedule. So the strength of schedule also. And not just strength of schedule. They look at, you know, uh, the amount of time that you spend ahead of games, you know, actually winning versus trailing. I mean, it's a lot that goes, you know, into it. You know, style points do matter at a certain point, you know, also. Um, But, see, I asked Big John. I kept it simple. I said, do you believe Florida State is the same team without their quarterback? They're not. But – any major injury, no team. Hold on, hold on, hold on, wait, wait, wait. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Any, any, any major injury, you're not the same team. Texas lost they starting running back as well as their second receiver. They're not going to go into the college playoff full strength. I don't care how good Quentin Ewers is. I don't care how good that defensive lineman is. Their defensive line is. They're still not going to be full strength. They look good. And and, and 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 Alex. Your boys won a national championship with a backup quarterback. So why does that matter? Come on, man. Don't do that. Well, do here's that. the thing. And shout out I to your brother, Cal. Uh, I'll get you, Nate, in a second. If, if, if Cal's watching or we'll 
go back and watch because he made a comparison to, you know, previous Ohio State teams, even last year's team with one loss that got in. Um, and their job with the committee is to make it about the current season. It's not to make comparisons or makeups for previous years or whatever. It's about four best teams this this current year. Now, even with that Ohio State team that you were talking about, um, yeah, they had the one loss to Virginia Tech earlier in the year, but you could see the progression each week and them becoming the team that they became. And they made a hell of a closing statement a 55 to nothing victory against Wisconsin in the Big Ten Championship, you know, stuck in the committee's mind. And um, that that's what they went off of, ultimately. And them having a better strength of schedule than TCU that year, who was the other team, you know, behind them that was competing. So all that goes in. Now, to make an argument for Florida State, because I do feel their pain, although a lot of people <laughs> ask me leading up to it, what do you think or who do you think is going to get in? And I said, I think – that team up north, a.k.a. Michigan, you know, should be uh, number one. I actually picked it right. I said that, you know, Michigan, uh, Washington, Texas, and Alabama should probably get in, which made my cousin Bernard down there in Birmingham happy. Shout out to cousin Bernard. Um, <laughs> he wanted to get my opinions on that. Of course, he started with Roll Tide in the text message. but Of course. Why not? Uh, <laughs> I said, no, I said, I think those are the teams, but I think Florida State has an argument, you know. Regardless of, of somebody saying that they had the 55th, you know, uh, rank, you know, strength of schedule in the season, they also did what the committee said you needed to do, which was schedule tough non-conference opponents, and that would be weighed in. Also, they beat two SEC teams this year. They beat during LSU. The they they beat LSU when LSU was ranked number fifth in the country. And who was the other one? Was it Ole Miss? Yeah, it was Ole, Ole Miss. Miss. Yeah, but they beat LSU in the beginning of the year. When they were ranked number five in the country. Now, y'all know that I, you know, don't hold the SEC to the esteem that, you know, most other people do. I think it's an extremely overrated conference that's just as top heavy as any other, you know, the major, you know, conferences. We're really talking about, you know, Alabama, Georgia, and sometimes LSU when people refer to the SEC because they're not talking about Vanderbilt or Kentucky or, you know, any of them. But at the end of the day, uh, Florida State did what they were supposed to do and checked all the boxes, and they won. But the committee made the decision that they're not the same team, you know, without their quarterback. And that's why I think that word – I'm not going to say it needs to be tweaked, but the definition of it needs to be tweaked saying we're getting the four best teams. Because the coach – the head coach of Florida State made a made a very valid point. We earned our wins, just like those team, those teams earned their losses. You cannot penalize a team for winning and say they're not good, but then give a shout out to a team for losing and say they're better. Like so do that doesn't make that, sense. So do you think that Florida State is better than Alabama or would beat them head to head? It depends on what kind of game it is, to be honest. Because I like I said, the quarterback for Alabama has been playing extremely well. That young man has came from back from a lot of adversity. I'm not taking nothing away from him. Starting off to where he started off, and now to where the way he's playing, I give him all his credit. But if they come out and it's a defensive game and it's a rock fight, Florida State got a better chance in a rock fight against Alabama than Michigan does. It's it's unfortunate that Jordan Travis got hurt for Florida State. It, it really is. 
I think if he's in there, they probably do give him the nod. Now, despite Paul Feinbaum and other people, you know, crying bloody murder and saying, you can't have a college football playoff without an SEC team. And I'm like, I don't understand why not other than money and corruption. And, mm-hmm. you know, this, this, this false narrative that's been put out there. And shout out to Brother Maurice Claret for, uh, you know, speaking on that on uh, his platform. I want to get a comment. We got Henry C. in the house. Cardell went off in that Big Ten uh, championship, though, a chip. He did. He did. And nobody's saying that. Like, but like I said, they've won three consecutive games without their Heisman winning quarterback. Any other team would have dropped at least one. And they won with a third string in 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 their conference championship. Like you can't penalize you can't penalize and keep penalizing the team for coming through from that adversity. You can't do that. Like that's that's both. But you know they're going to value. We're ignoring, yeah, we're ignoring the fact that they didn't play the best in that championship game in the ACC. They didn't. But hold on. But what championship game was actually exciting except for the Alabama game? We knew what Michigan was going to do to Iowa, and that game was boring. They should have beat them up worse than what they did. The last the Florida, the, the Florida State and, Louis, and Louisville game was terrible. It was supposed to be. And not to be funny, Louisville's offense is like top 10 in the country where they averaged like 30 or 40 a game. And Florida State held them way below that. So they actually did play well, if you think about it. The only but, argument, you know, like I said, my bad, the only argument that I would, you know, continue to say for Florida State is, if the committee and others believe this false narrative, you know, about, you know, SEC superiority and stuff, they scheduled two of, you know, the more premier, you know, SEC teams. Now, I would like to point out that this was actually uh, or could be considered a down year for the SEC. I did not think that even sure. Alabama or Georgia were what they were in previous years, you know, if you want to be honest about it. But, they did it. Now the issue is, so next year, and keep in mind, we wouldn't have had this if the BCS was in place. But anyway, uh, <laughs> for all these college football playoff lovers. So now next year you have a 12-team playoff, and I'm telling you what this is going to do. For everybody thinks that it's going to let the little man get in and, the you know, underdogs and stuff, it's not going to happen either. It's, it's still going to be more of the top dogs in there. And what you're going to have, particularly in the first round of the you know playoff, is you're going to have some lopsided scores. Because I hate to tell everybody this, you know, this ain't college basketball. There's not 12 teams every year that are capable of winning the national championship in college football. It's Usually not- it's about three to four. You know, if you're lucky, maybe a 15. And that's why I was saying I thought when the college football playoff was expanded, I thought the correct number should have been six. That way you could have kept I everything. I thought they was six, but I was wrong. Yeah, I thought you could have kept everything in place. You get those first two teams by schedules, you know, still the same, you know, happens as, as norm. But they wanted to go for 12, and I think what this indirectly does is this reinforces to certain student athletes or casual fans that if you're not in the college football playoff, it's irrelevant. And I here's hate the, that. And here's the thing with that. What you said, I – I agree with and it's very true but one thing it is going to do for the years that the quote-unquote sec or big time conferences have a fall off it's going to expose some of them because one year uh let's just i'm just spitballing uh, lsu gonna catch a uh, utah and get embarrassed uh alabama is gonna catch a uh 
hell, Florida State or Miami or 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 up and coming USC and get embarrassed. It's gonna happen. It's not going to always be the status quo. So it's gonna be some teams just like Georgia was number one the whole year. Now they're not in the playoffs. Next year they will make it and they're gonna get embarrassed. So they're gonna play a team like an Oklahoma State who can thump with them and play. John, you gonna hate what I'm about to say, but I think the strength of schedule is the biggest damper on it. Yeah, they probably was. They were not now, and that's a great segue, Nate. Now that you're moving the 12 teams in the college football playoff, what is the incentive for scheduling a tough non-conference opponent when you know there's more slots there? That's going to be a big play in that. It's going to be a big play. I was listening to uh, Pat McAfee with Kurt Kurt on there, Kurt Herbstreit was on there, and he was saying the committee basically has a criteria. But the thing is, when it goes to this twelve, what's the criteria going to look like? That's the oh, thing. That was his number one. That was what. That was his number one question when he said. That's that what I'm saying. Like, what is the incentive now? It's going to be crazy. If I know yeah, going, twelve. Slots, I, gonna figure this out. I might be able to lose one game or two in certain instances and still, and still get, get in. in. But see, why do I need go, to schedule a tough non-conference opponent? See, but see that now they're going to have to set the precedent to where y'all going to come out and play. Ain't going to be no more Alabama against the Citadel. Ain't going to be no more <laughs> uh, certain Big Ten teams playing these Mac, playing these Mac schools or playing these black colleges. Ain't gonna, no offense to the HBCUs, they're not going to. Those games are not going to matter anymore. So you're gonna have to come outside and play. It ain't Will they be no still more. be on the schedule? That's the question. Will they? Still yeah, they're gonna be on the schedule. They're gonna be on the schedule. They're gonna be on the schedule because that's the most of those games are tune up. Games. I think they ain't. But no, they're gonna be on the schedule because they're gonna have every college. Twelve teams now lessens the incentive on why I need to schedule a big time opponent, though. Yeah, it does. It does. Because it if, does. if I'm in the SEC or let, let's talk about the two big dogs, if I'm in the SEC. Or the Big Ten, and I'm Ohio State and Michigan, or or you know now we got Texas and Oklahoma going over to the SEC. Also, I can afford, even if I have a conference slip up and lose one or two games, I can afford to do that, and I don't have to risk playing a, a you know even by just by name a Notre Dame or somebody like that anymore because there are 12 slots to fill out now instead of four but they're still gonna go with the big name but the loophole in all of this is these super conferences if i'm alabama and i pretty much got to run the gauntlet and i got to play georgia i still got to play auburn who's a who's a rivalry game i got lsu and turn around and have to play a texas have to play oklahoma every other year it's kind of gonna balance out because it's kind of gonna. It's kind of. Well, but they usually, like, and I know you're just saying as an example, but they usually don't yeah. have to play Georgia to yeah. the SEC championship because Georgia's in the SEC East and they're. Yeah. Now you know who's West. gonna be the big time conference next year. Who the Big Ten? Yes, it is. Well, it's gonna be interesting to see what they do uh, because they're doing away with their division, so there's no divisions now. There's no, no, no divisions. Big no Ten more. West, Big Ten no. East. Now, what I'm afraid of. With that, and it's just going to be the two best teams go to with the best record go to the Big Ten championship. So, say for instance, next year, and Lord hope it doesn't, but we have a scenario play out like it, it did this year. You would potentially see Ohio State and Michigan in back to back weeks. Mm-hmm. Does that lessen the significance of that game? But see, here's the thing that actually. It'll lessen the significance, but it actually 
will kind of help to see who's the best team. Because remember that year where Utah played USC twice. USC was up and coming. They were winning. They got popped by Utah. Oh, they still got a chance in the in, in the in the conference championship. Then they got popped again. So it was like, okay, well, we know you ain't going now. You could <laughs> so also kinda, be eating your own young though, too. You know, yeah. if yeah, you know, let's say a second loss occurs for one team, knocks them potentially out of the, the playoff. I mean, I don't know. Like, I mean, I can see it working both ways. For the Big Ten, like, if Ohio State and Michigan play each other in back-to-back weeks, um, you know, let's say they both come out with one loss, you know, one wins one week, one wins the next week. Yeah, Hell, I could even see a two-loss scenario where both teams. Yeah, play. I was just saying, I was, I was great. Yeah, I could see a two-loss scenario, too. But like you, you said, know. it it, it, it kind of makes the margin of error a little bit smaller than it even is now because if you get that one or two and third loss, whether it's conference or non-conference, you're out anyway. So especially if we have several teams that are undefeated with one loss, that kind of weeds it out. Now you could say we're trying to get the best 12 teams in, but how can you be considered the best 12 teams and you got three, almost four losses? Like that doesn't really make sense to me. And that's what I'm concerned about because I, I, to my knowledge, what there's never been. It's gonna look like a hoop. It's gonna look like a hoop schedule. Oh, bro, it's gonna be because there's never been a two-loss team to make it into the college football playoff. But I guarantee that will be next year with twelve teams for sure. Yeah, Yeah. it'll be an SEC team more than likely. But but see, you gotta remember, you can't keep saying that because now the Big Ten has Oregon and USC, and you know they love to throw Oregon in every chance they get. Washington and you know Washington. Washington won't be the same next year. I'm I'm guaranteeing they they won't be. But you gotta remember, they always every couple years Washington have a freak team that 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 does damage. Whether it's a couple years ago when they ran into Bama. Or the year they beat my guys and went to the national championship and won, they always have a freak team that comes out of nowhere. It's gonna so be it's different though with them. This the freak team, the and then we don't see another yeah. freak team for another five to six years now. That's this fine. And they play in the Big Ten now, so yeah. yeah that's still I mean that too. Different. That it is a little bit different, and I'm not saying it's not, but that's the same thing with Florida State. Florida State hadn't won nothing since Bobby Bowden, and then Jameis Winston came one, and they ain't won since. So it just it plays a part. NBC said the 12 team is for the highest ranked nine power five, right? No. Uh, now, this this is a sore subject for a lot of people like that year that UC got in, which, by the way, is the only uh, nine power five school ever to get into the college football playoff. Yep. And it took an incredible amount of stuff falling, you know, it was a perfect in their stone. favor for them to do it. And they had to finish undefeated still. Now they're in the Big Twelve, but I mean, you can kind of see the bias in the committee. You know, even now, there's certain conferences, obviously, that they value their strength of schedule over. But not to bust everybody's bubble, but to bust their bubble, the college football playoff was never made for non-power five conferences. No, not at all. <clears throat> UC got lucky because they had three consecutive years of doing well, and it was going, it was going noticed. And what that's I was telling that's real life right there. That's, that's that, part of it. But what I was that, saying is the BTS, too, though, helped uh, non-Power 5 schools like Boise and them because it was a computer, right? It wasn't no subjectivity and, and biases coming into it. It was a computer that did it. And they got to go to those New Year's Six Bowls and, you know, the BCS Bowl games and stuff and 
play against in Oklahoma. But now, you know, it's it'd be hard press, you know, because they're not gonna put a Toledo or a Bowling Green in there. <laughs> but like you, but like you said, it was it was three consecutive years of doing well. But also, like I, like me and Al said, it was a perfect storm. It was it was multiple teams with more than one loss. They were undefeated. They beat Notre Dame. It was like a perfect storm. But then also, look at uh, UCF. They had two and a half years or three years not losing. I think they were like what forty three and zero, and they ain't let them in. So that ain't really got nothing to do with. Like it. It I just like- said, John. Like I just said, consecutive years of not having losses, not having US, having one win. US, having, uh, having but those one Florida teams. Central you know, Florida went three years without a loss. That's my point. It took three years for them to get noticed. I don't remember if it, have, was, if it, it was, was three or not, but I know they beat Auburn and a few other teams that, that they weren't expected you know, to and finished undefeated, but that's the whole thing. Like this was not set up for nine power five, you know, schools, the college football. Look, look at the committee. The committee is basically made up of athletic directors and people and school officials from power five conferences. And and that's what I keep trying to tell people. Like, I'm sorry, this was not made to be like March madness where everybody has a shot. And, And honestly, it really shouldn't be because again, you know, outside of a crazy, you know, Appalachian State beating, you know, Michigan, you know, back in the day. This this is football. You're not really going to have too many of those Cinderella stories to the point where, you know, they can actually beat the elite of the, of the Power Five conferences. Now, if you put William and Mary out there with Alabama, you know what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> so, John, looking up that Central Florida right now. Um, but I'm just saying this is my thing, Big John. I'm not disagreeing with you, but I'm yeah, saying one, it wasn't. It wasn't, it wasn't just. It wasn't just <clears throat> them having several years of being successful. It was that. What was it, Big John? What was it? I just. I said it. It had you listen. It was the perfect storm. They had a strength of schedule. They had multiple teams that year lost. Had more than one loss. They had two to more than one losses. So that's what pushed them up. So you couldn't deny them. It was the undefeated years. It was the the teams ahead of them. Because had uh, Oklahoma State won their championship, UC wouldn't have went. UC wouldn't have went. Had Oklahoma State did what they were supposed to do and beat Baylor, they wouldn't have went. Is my point. Yeah, that was the last domino. And in, yes. in addition to that, I still think the committee gave them, and I know I get hate mail for this. I think they gave them more credit, possibly, for beating that year's Notre Dame team than they probably should have gotten. But it was still an impressive victory. They won on the road. Still, always a hard place to play at Notre Dame Stadium. Um, and they probably did peak back a few years, which you're not supposed to do. But like you said, UC finishing undefeated the the previous year, even though it was a COVID year and everything, you know, and they had a team with, you know, Sauce Gardner and Kobe Bryant and Devin Ritter. And, and all them. They passed the eye test too. That's 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 another thing. That's, that's really too, thing. Yeah, they passed the eye too, test. And that was like, another what? thing Kurt Herstry said. He said it's about the eye test as well. You can't ignore they were, they it. They were about a play the away <laughs> and the year before they were a play away from being Georgia. That's that's what helped them too. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. but see, that's what I'm saying. When you so you got rid of the BCS because everybody was tired of that. Now you have the college football playoff, which 
basically, I don't know if it's implicitly or then you could say indirectly too, basically says, all right, well, if you ain't in this, then you ain't nothing, you know, are you wasting your time? Before, kids was happy to go to their bowl games and get their little gift pack and backpacks and, you know, spend a, a week away from school, you know, wherever you was going. And and I still, if it was me, and I'm old school, but if it was me, you say football. I know Big John's the same way. You say football, I'm coming to run. I don't give a damn if it's the Duke Mayo Bowl. None of that matters to me. If Take I got the opportunity to, man, I got the opportunity bowl. to play football, <laughs> Music City Bowl, the Belt Bowl in North right. Carolina. I don't bowl. care. I'm playing foosball if I got the opportunity to play. But this is a new age. And uh, my thing is you got kids opting out that may not even get drafted to the second or third day uh, of the draft. Georgia's not team. I, I think they got Georgia's already saying they've got five, six, seven kids already saying they're not playing in the ball game. I mean, but it, I wouldn't do it. Like I, like I said, yeah. me or Al wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. But think about it. Like, we were number one the whole year. We got one loss, and now we're not in the playoff. I'm going to go get ready for the NFL if I'm one of those guys that are Why getting I'm, Look, I just said I don't agree with it, but their mindset is, okay, we finna play in a bowl that don't really matter. That's kids that don't love the game, man. And yeah. And I, 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 me, me and you agree. I totally agree. But they looking at it as well. But we going to we ain't gonna we we were we were fighting for a national championship. We're not gonna get the national championship. This is a consolation prize. I'm gonna go get ready for the NFL draft. And you know what? what? If you do that and you opt out, I think if you especially if you want them players that's getting NIL money, you should have to give a portion of that back. If you if you I don't feel your obligation. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think that's, I, I that's, ain't seen no Buckeyes say they weren't playing in the bowl game yet, though. Not yet, but it's coming. You um, think it is? Yeah, okay. uh, because you know, and, and it's a different vibe. Marvin now, Harrison Junior. I understand. I'm whenever Meyer was there, they didn't have opt outs. Even even Zeke Elliott and Joey Bosa played in their last college football. Yep, they did. You know, game. Now Ryan Day <laughs> is a bit more of a player's coach and a little bit more modern, and you know, he's gonna let guys you know do what they do without putting any you know, pressure on them, but, you know, I understood, like, Joey Bolton, excuse me, not Joey, Nick Boza, who we knew was going to be a top three pick and had an injury mm-hmm. uh, his last year. It was like, you know what, man, I'm going to go ahead and shut it down, you know, get ready for the draft. But, again, we're talking about a, a dude that was guaranteed, knew he was going to be a top three pick. Yeah, That is millions on millions on millions to make that decision and becomes a family, you know, decision. Well, Marvin Harrison who, Jr. got every right to do it too then. I'm saying. But you know what I hope he does is, is not do what uh, my guy um, – Jesus, I forgot his name down there. Oh, Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson did, which was wait to the week of the bowl uh-huh. game to yeah. decide <laughs> what they want to, you know, do. Um, now, he just got named Marvin Harrison, speaking of, as a – Heisman finalist, so he got a trip to New York and everything else to, you know, worry about right now. Uh, Obviously, I would understand him because some people's boards, mock draft boards, they have Marvin Harrison, number one prospect overall going into the draft. That is true. You know, he could have shut it down a while ago, really. He wanted to 
come back and beat that team up north and win a Big Ten championship. Unfortunately, it didn't happen. I've heard slight rumors about he really hasn't made up his mind and there's still an opportunity for him to come back. Come back. I don't really see that happening. It also depends on who Ohio Mayan, Mayan Williams, shout out. We got to shout out Mayan, the local kid. Uh, he is entering the draft. Um, but I it was a post with them that. three. It was a post with them three on it, <laughs> saying they were going to like they were going to the draft. It was a picture. So I don't know if this is true. I don't. We don't know. We haven't heard anything. We haven't heard anything been confirmed. But it's seeming like the two wide receivers and Mayan Williams are gone. Well, Maya needed to go because, um, you know, unfortunately, even before the injury, you can kind of see that the rotation wasn't working in his, you know, favor anymore at Ohio State. Uh, can I get my props? Can I get my props? Didn't I, I, I said, I'm, I, I, if we bring up the old episode, if I could, I said it first. I said he's going to the draft. Well, you also have close connections to mine and his family, and I'm, I'm trying to stay away from no, that. No, 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 no. That ain't had nothing to do. I ain't talked to none of them jokers. But I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's fine. I said what I said, Al. Don't, don't take away from my recollection. Okay, so you said it. But hey. the, the starting running back, Travion Henderson, more than likely has played um, his final regular season uh, game for the Buckeyes. I, I, would, I wouldn't be surprised if you he think he's he leaving too? Game too. Probably. Yeah, he just, but, he but what surprised he just kind of injury prone to me, man. What, what surprised me was Evan Pryor entered the transfer portal too. And I'm like, man, next year you and Dallin Hayden was supposed to be the guys. Yeah. You know, and it was nobody's fault that he tore his ACL the previous year, you know. Um, but I guess he just got tired of, of waiting. And that uh, kid that they have coming from Texas, I forgot his name, but he's the number five overall running back out of high school uh, this year. Um, it's coming in, and they say he's like J.K. Dobbins 2.0, uh, another Texas kid from down there. He's built like him, runs like him. So I don't know. Um, Henry C. said Chip trained him in the portal now, too. Now, that's a bit surprising, too. Wow, didn't know that. Like he was gonna have a bigger role uh, next year with Mayan and Trey Day clearing out. Um, maybe he knows something. I mean, that would be interesting for Ohio State to have three running backs hit her in the draft, all in the same draft class. Even at a school like Ohio State, that's that's pretty tough to. Uh, but the, I, I think this year, <clears throat> this upcoming draft is gonna be really run back, like overwhelming. It's a lot of running backs leaving this year. We don't yeah. know what Michigan's running back doing. We don't know what the running back that got hit injured at Texas is doing. We don't know what he's doing. Even I'm though Blake Warm is definitely entering the, the, the draft. Yeah, so here. like is, this is going to be a very heavy running back draft. You know, what about he, uh, he, he almost entered it last year, really. But yeah, he did. If he hadn't got hurt, he would probably been in the draft. Probably. So. You know, that, that brings a nice segue to going to have this conversation. Um, obviously, in the immediate aftermath, I was not ready to have that conversation or have a conversation at all with anybody. But um, let's do it. So my state university uh, lost to the Michigan Wolverines for the third straight year. 
lot of people around the country don't understand, and they think that Buckeye fans are being uh, too eccentric and you know unrealistic. And how can they be upset? They're eleven and one, and this is why I don't like Ohio State fans. And they're calling for Ryan Day's job and blah blah blah. And we'll get into what you guys' opinions are even on that in particular, but I'm just going to say this. I don't give a damn what y'all think and say around the country because unless you grew up here or you grew up in the state of Michigan, then you won't understand the importance of that one game because that one game is worth more than any of the rest combined. Now, I'll tell you, I probably take it a little bit more to heart than even – you know, other Bucknuts, because I told Cam, uh, Coach Cam, they shout out to him and his St. X Bomber starting uh, 2-0 and on the season. Yeah, I'd rather Ohio days. State go 6-6 six and six <clears throat> and beat Michigan than go 11-1 and one and, and lose to Michigan. That does nothing for me. It's not a damn consolation prize. It don't make me feel better <laughs> or none of that shit because they're 11-1. and one, Like, Look what that one loss cost them. No Big Ten championship. No college football playoff. At the mercy of somebody else telling you where you're going to play. And now, because we live in this era of unless you play in the CFP, it doesn't matter. They didn't even get to go. Well, this year it was a playoff game, but it's like they didn't get to go to the Rose Bowl. They didn't get to go to the Orange Bowl. None of that because Ohio State people, although we used to travel well, and used to sell out every game. We went to, I remember last year, they wrote the Rose Bowl and told them, please don't pick us to go back to the Rose Bowl in back-to-back years because we didn't sell out all our tickets last year and our fans aren't interested. And I remember seeing people online saying that, saying like the Rose Bowl is is irrelevant. I'm like, if I could reach through the computer and backhand, (laughs) I'm like, fool, do you know that you get more money going to the Rose Bowl than you do playing in the national championship? There's a reason why they call him the granddaddy of them all. Like, what do you mean? You know, but but that's different because we grew up in this part of the country, and most of us grew up wanting to play in Pasadena on January 1. Am I wrong, John? (laughs) Yeah, right. But it's just like – and it's crazy because – now that you say that, out of all the major bowls, whether it's the Sugar, the Orange, the Fiesta Bowl, like the Rose Bowl was just different. It was just dope. It just had a different feel to it. And like, you know, me being a Hurricane fan, you know, we would go to the Orange Bowl, whatever, but it was just, it wasn't the same. Like, you wanted to go to the it Rose wasn't Bowl. Because y'all was playing in the same stadium that y'all played in. Oh, right. But I'm just y'all saying, just in going general, down like, the you know, going literally yeah, down so, the street. But no, nah, but no, nah, no. Nah, all jokes aside, like even like even other teams that I watched, or it was just it just wasn't the same. Just going to the Rose Bowl was different. Like you, and I remember y'all got know, to go to the Rose Bowl in oh was it oh one? Yeah, when y'all embarrassed yeah. Nebraska. Yeah, yeah, and like like I said, it's just different, man. Like we all seen the picture with Charles Wilson with the rose in his mouth and all that. Like it's just it's just different. It was just different, man. The Rose Bowl meant a lot. It, it meant a lot more back then too. Yeah, it was a well, big like time. I said though. If you were a Midwest kid and the original Big Ten teams, mm-hmm. that's what you aspired to do. Yeah, everybody wanted to win the Big Ten and go to the Rose Bowl. You dreamed of that because, because let's face it, we know what the weather looks like around here right now. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't <laughs> everybody you want to go to, to Pasadena, go to Disneyland, 
be out in Cali for a week. Like you said, have that rose in your mouth. It's just something different. Even the way the game look, you know and what I mean? Even, the 100,000 people out there in that stadium and the, the mountains in, in the background and stuff out right. there. Like the Rose Bowl is different, man. Like, yeah. And then they didn't play at night. You played in the day. Everybody had to pay attention to it. It was just yeah, different. The Rose and like Bowl you said, midday game. The game. Right? And, then, and then and then like you said being a midwest kid ain't no major bowls out here everywhere it's a major bowl where it's hot <laughs> it ain't no major bowls out here so you wanted to go because i think it, it always went the rose bowl it was the peach bowl rose bowl and then it was the sugar bowl at night that's how it was yep. always. and then the 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 fiesta bowl is usually played at night yeah the next day yeah or the next day or something like that but right. um so here's the thing. So it's not irrational because again, that one loss. Let me borrow somebody else's statement. What everybody else says that one loss made Ohio State season kind of irrelevant. If if you want to be real about it, it, it took away everything that you were fighting for: Big Ten championship, college football playoff, and it was the third year in a row. So in 2021 you could say ah michigan was due they caught him on the right day it was kind of a bad weather game although i don't use that excuse like other you know people do i feel like michigan just won you know that day um last year was was the big surprise coming back to you know columbus and them not getting the job done um you know you could break that game down if you wanted to and say hey that was kind of a fluke you know Coach Day got out of, you know, his normal game plan and was in his own head, took the ball out of C.J. Stroud's hand and kind of set the, you know, place for that. And and even in that game, outside of two, you know, broken plays where they allowed long runs to let it get out of hand in the second half, you could still make an argument. This year, now it's a problem, right? It, it's an official problem now because it's three years in a row. Now we're starting to have John Cooper vibes. <laughs> Nate, you might have I'm my bad. I said it's hot seat time. Hot seat time. See, but we're saying that <clears> as, <throat> as fans and people in the state of Ohio, I don't really get the vibe that they're that the seat is hot in Columbus right now. And and then you have another I don't issue. either, but it's a lot of people believing that it's a hot seat vibe. Gene Smith was on his way out in Columbus. That's another thing you had to consider, the athletic mm-hmm. director. It's not going to get hot till whoever the new athletic director is that comes in starting in June and don't have that same connection or vibe with Ryan Day and didn't hire Ryan Day, and you make it four in a row and you lose again in Columbus next year, that's when I think the seat is hot and or you know he steps down, he gets fired regardless of his record. I, I, yeah, I agree with Al. It shouldn't be hot, and it's not going to get hot to the next following year. I do agree with that. But like I said, I know you know I'm not a I'm I don't have a dog in either race. But I understand what you're saying about how important that game is, and every 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 coach gets great about how they play against their rivals. I totally get that. But the man it's is in 40, the contract at Ohio. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's it's <laughs> the man is 43 and oh against everybody else in the Big Ten. He's one and three against Michigan. Anybody else in any other situation would have super job security, but this is not the case. This is a different situation. So he shouldn't be in the hot seat. He shouldn't be. The man is, I just, the man is 43 and three. (laughs) 
I let me let me say this because I want to make sure. Well, forty four and three. Sorry, forty four. Let, let me let me get this on record too, because I want to make sure this is said implicitly by me. I am as frustrated or more frustrated than any Buckeye fan out there on what has transpired the last three years. But I do not believe still at this moment firing Ryan Day is the answer. He is, he is still easily one of the three or four best college football coaches in America. And what a lot of people aren't thinking, because you're thinking with emotion right now, and, and like I said, I get it. You know, I didn't even want to watch college football for the rest of the year and really haven't. Um, you get rid of Ryan Day. Be careful what you ask for. It took Michigan almost two decades to get back to their perch, um, mm -hmm. you know, and, and had they fired Jim Harbaugh for going 0-5 against Ohio State, they wouldn't be where they're at right now. I believe Dabble uh, down in Clemson started off with a nice 0-4 against South Carolina before he turned it around. So I am preaching patience. I've seen where he's made subtle changes in his recruiting practices. I'm talking about Ryan Day, where he has started to give more Ohio kids, uh, you know, opportunities like Trestle and, and Urban Meyer did. I see how he's recruiting linebackers, you know, defensive, offensive linemen, tough guys. Um, I can't believe I forgot to name the twins up there in Toledo um, that won another state uh, title. They're going to be like the Ohio State version of the Pouncey Twins. So remember I said that, and I'm mad that I don't have their names uh, right now, but they just want another state title coming in. Uh, kids who care, kids who get it, who understand, because chances are if you're not from the state of Ohio or the state of Michigan, then you're not going to grasp how important this game is. Now, I don't understand how you don't because you can see number two versus number three, two undefeated teams the past two years. This is kind of getting back to what it was when we were kids. You know, two top ten teams competing for a Big Ten title, possibly national title. That's what this game was built on. So I don't understand how, even if you're not from here, you don't understand the magnitude of this game. But i tell you what else is hurting Ryan Day right now as far as public perception. And at a certain point, perception becomes reality. He's following in the heels of two guys who were born and raised in the state of Ohio, which Ryan Day is not. The last time we had a coach that was not born and raised in the state of Ohio was John Cooper. And I love John Cooper. He's still a college football Hall of Famer, but can't defend 2-10-1 and one against Michigan. And I guarantee Ryan Day won't have 13 opportunities to do that uh, in, in today's age. But the point I want to make is those other two gentlemen that I mentioned, Jim Trestle, Urban Meyer, born and raised in the state of Ohio, Jim Trestle was nine and one against that team up north, followed by Urban Meyer's perfect seven and zero against Michigan. So, yeah, going going. Uh, so Day is what one and three now. He's one. And, he's one and three. He can write the shit, but he got to do it. Yeah, and and that's the bad part about this game. Like I didn't feel like, other than him running out the clock and not being aggressive in that last drive in the first half. Uh, this year, I didn't feel like he coached a bad game, but I could still see just in his body language him not being the normal Ryan Day. He was thinking, you know, too much. And the fact of the matter is, they just didn't get it done this year. I, like, I don't feel like they played bad, but they just yeah. didn't get it done. And like you said, they've been spoiled with 12 consecutive years of winning. So it's going to look bad. 
in, in any case. But then when you have like like you mentioned Dabble earlier, he couldn't be South Carolina, he couldn't be Florida State till he did. Then look at my boys for years. We was down at dumps. We couldn't be Florida State. Then we read off five straight. We still lead. People don't realize we still lead in the series, but it just looks bad because we're not winning. Well, so, it don't just look bad. It is bad right yeah. now. Now I will still point out that Michigan is still what is it? Is it, is it five times the past twenty-two years? Mm-hmm. Uh, three in a row is nice, but I'm like, you know, yeah. But see, yeah. the thing is, you you can't argue at this point that that the pendulum or the momentum has switched back to their side right you know when you have three and oh but i'm like you know let's let's be realistic because you got people like reem you know out here it's our time now every 20 years i'm like man that ain't got nothing to do with nothing all right you know ryan day turns into a different coach unfortunately when he coaches against michigan (laughs) because i I hate it if you look at the Ryan Day that, that, that let it go against Georgia last year and, and Clemson the previous year in the playoff when we beat them, and pretty much everybody else, as Big John highlighted, that he has absolutely no problem with destroying, but he gets into that game, <laughs> and now now it's mental. It is a that's mental like, thing now. That's that's like the water boy, Coach Clyde. He was scared, he was scared of Red Bull U. He couldn't get over the hook. Nope, couldn't get did. over the hump. It was over until it happened. <laughs> my <laughs> worry is he, See now, my worry is it's turned into an issue, and and now that reflects to the players too, because personally, I still don't believe that Michigan, top to bottom, has a more talented roster than Ohio State. Now they have a style and a niche that they've you know kind of gotten the past few years, and I know he reached out to his brother, speaking of Jim Harbaugh, to get some NFL uh, defensive tips to to help slow Ryan Day down. I'm not even going to go the whole route with the, you know, sign stealing, you know, stuff because I know they didn't do it this year. So at least in that game, excuse me, you know, so I don't know what the excuse would be. Fans, it's like you, you just lost. Period. You didn't get it done. And for everybody that don't understand that, tough shit. It's in Ryan Day's contract. Even he admitted, you know what you signed up for. When you sign up for this job, Henry C said, "If Day left or got fired, who would you realistically want to replace him?" Man, <laughs> I put together a list, but I would prefer that that he stay and do what I always said. I said Ryan Day to me is an eventual NFL head coach, but I know he won't leave Columbus until. He either wins a couple national championships or he's fired, whichever happens, you know, first. Um, even to throw it out there, man, it's 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 going to sound, you know, crazy. And I, I don't have that list on me right now because I was thinking about it. And there's some surprise names on there that, you know, people might um, not like. But, you know, I got a few. I, I'll just throw a few out there, and this is not – in any type of order, I, w- I want to say this, but I, I went back to the list that Gene Smith had uh, before he hired Ryan Day, and I was like, man, it's not a lot of people on that list because Bob Stoops, even if you were able to coax him out of retirement, you're not going to get the same record <laughs> or fire that you had, you know, during his first tenure. He's kind of on the, the back end of his career, so I wouldn't consider him. 
I don't know if they would still hire Dino Babers. I I think it would be a good, you know, selection. But you know, based on what he's done at Syracuse, it's just okay. You know, he's had a few years where he beat. Yeah, that's I, I wouldn't. That, that's a, that wouldn't be a, that would be a terrible hire. Smile. He's a mild. He's a, a he's a mediocre coach to me. Well, yeah. yeah, but I'm not gonna say he's a mediocre coach, but. He ain't gonna have a machine behind him at uh, at where he's at. That that's where the mediocreness comes in, John. It ain't even about his coaching. But I tell you it's who's about somebody him bring kids in. I tell you somebody who would be an overachiever though, um, that I do have on my list would be uh Row the Boat. PJ Flick. Yeah. Because I'm looking age wise too, which is another thing that you have to look at him winning at places like Western Michigan and Minnesota and doing above average at those places. He got his first coaching job at Ohio state as a graduate assistant on Jim Trestle's staff. in that 06 year where, um, you know, Troy Smith won the Heisman and everything with Ted again. So he's familiar with the landscape. He already wears the uh, sweater vest, you know, in tribute to Jim Trestle. Um, but honestly, uh, Henry, what about your boy my, my, in Notre Dame? You think he wouldn't come here? He wouldn't come there. I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting. Oh, oh, my bad. I'm jumping my, again. My, my top two choices would be either Marcus Freeman, uh, returning home from Notre Dame, or uh, the the top choice would be Mike Rabel, uh, coming uh, back from NFL, the Tennessee Titans. Yeah. Which I think that's the only college job that he would probably even, you know, consider, consider would, would be coming back. Um, I think you could sell Mike Rabel, you know, on that, and to have a defensive-minded coach, him and Marcus Freeman, honestly, and Marcus Freeman with his, you know, swag and guile and intelligence and stuff. I think with that Ohio State machine behind him, because I hope they're patient with him at Notre Dame. He's doing a good job there, actually. Now they, they are. Yeah. They're being very patient. They was already talking about an extension. They well, see, because they, they had those Lou Holtz expectations, and I'm like, you know, y'all ain't had the luck of the Irish since the early 90s. But, you know, Marcus Freeman's a good coach. So those would be my top two choices, yeah. Mike Vrabel and, and Marcus Freeman, if, um, you know, he left. Mixed in, like I said, a little row to boat. Uh, there's Matt Campbell at Iowa State. Um. I know the I other somebody else was already interested in Matt Campbell, though. But he's still at Iowa State, though. <laughs> you know, the the other name that you hear quite frequently, and I personally don't think this would be a good hire, but because I don't think he has enough swag for the job. But uh, Luke Fickle, uh, I think you yeah. at least ha- I think you at least have to make the call or put him on, you know, your list. But he certainly wouldn't be. My first choice. He's not doing good in Nebraska. Yeah, he at Wisconsin. You know. This is year. This is year one. No, I don't. This year one. They both red and white. That's all I've seen. I wasn't. I mean, I don't put too much stock in the year one, man. Like you know, he'll he'll have them solid, but you know, will they you know compete to win a Big Ten championship? I mean, honestly, the only time they've won Big Ten championships was. Ron uh, Dane, Ron Dane, and Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that year he was there. So that that would be my thing. So I'm just preaching uh, patience to Buckeye Nation. 
I'm very upset. There's a part of me that was like, yeah, something needs to happen, but it it ain't it ain't firing Ryan Day. But there are tweaks to the program that need to happen, and I believe he's doing that. You see, uh, the big news, you know, the other day, uh, <laughs> Kyle McCord entering the transfer portal before the no. bowl game. Be up out of here. So, what my boy Corpus said, get up out of here. <laughs> that ought to let you know, though, that there was already some talk and some direct talk. Oh, yeah. They were even done to that, man. I mean, they're not playing. Everybody feels the heat up there right now. And he so, got, uh, don't he got a five star quarterback coming in? Yeah, Aaron Nolan from Georgia, Langston Hughes High School, uh, broke a lot of records down there. We'll be enrolling in January. Now, I don't think Coach Day, it's just my opinion, although he should, because if you watch Aaron Nolan's highlights, he's, he's for real. Um, I think he should have the opportunity to play as a true freshman. But I, I don't, but I don't believe Ryan Day will let him start as a true freshman. What I am interested in seeing is Devin Brown play in this Cotton Bowl because he was actually the one who I wanted to start at the beginning of the season, and I thought there was more upside, especially athletically. He can at least extend plays and stuff, but I don't feel like he ever got the right amount of reps to you know, be comfortable or to really see uh, what he could do. Well, he's going to have all the opportunity in the world in this uh, Cotton Bowl uh, to show and see who are they playing in the Cotton Bowl, Missouri. It's gonna be so, interesting. Yeah, um, but Aaron Nolan is supposed to be uh, the truth, and then the kid that I'm most excited about is the class of 2025, Tavian St. Clair from Belafonte, Ohio, uh, mm-hmm. will be the first Ohio quarterback recruit since Joe Burrow uh, to come to Ohio State. And that was 2013. Um, very excited about him because he's an Ohio kid who gets it. I said he grew up dreaming about beating that team up north. So, you know, that made me moist, uh, you know, hearing that. So uh, that's what you had to look forward to. But firing Ryan Day, like I said, is, is not uh, the solution. Now, if he loses next year in Columbus, as for straight, I ain't defending or getting on here saying nothing. <laughs> you ain't gonna it. be able to. Say. Ain't no, ain't, ain't no debate. I mean, it, it wouldn't be comfortable for me now living in Columbus if I was him, but I can only imagine four straight. And, and another one at your state capitol? No, nah. ain't ain't going down like that. But enough talk about uh, the the Buckeyes for for now. Boys um came up short, made me mad, man. I went out, I went out, y'all, and I bought a brand new uh 55-inch TV for the for the living room. It was the perfect size for my entertainment center. I was ready to watch some good football, man. And and actually looking back on hindsight, technically it, it was a good game. It was an Ohio State, Michigan, you know, come down to the last, you know, drive, but when you on the other side of that outcome, it's real hard to say anything was was good. And, and it happened to be Kyle McCord's mistake in the first quarter that ended up being the difference. That's the you pick. Know? Yeah, football is a cause and effect game because people talk about that last one. I'm like, I don't even care about 
that one, you're trying to make a play, you're trying to drive downfield and win in the last second. But that first quarter, and me and John talked about this, in that game historically, the team who does not make that mistake wins the game. That's usually the difference. All plays matter, but, you know, certain plays matter more than others, depending on where they're coming. At that point in the game, when they're punting the ball back and forth, Al, nobody has momentum. What's up? We, we, we reopen in this world now. <laughs> Oh, nah, I mean, we, but see, we we weren't we we weren't on here when it happened, so you know we we kind of have to, you know, re- recap it. And I look back at that, and you look at, I don't care whether you talk about Michigan quarterbacks from you know our childhood, even people like Brian Greasy, who wasn't even that yeah. you know he talented, yeah. he just didn't make that mistake. You know me, and I and I'm talking about another guy. For the Buckeyes that got compared to this clown Kyle McCord, and I hate to call him that, but it is what it is. Don't ever mention Craig Krenzel and Kyle McCord in the same breath. Because Captain Clutch ain't making that mistake. I can promise you that. It might be ugly. He might only throw the ball 15, 16 times a game, but he ain't making that mistake. Ask Big John. He gonna throw big job. <laughs> I'm I'm just saying, like Krenzel would not make that mistake. And and you damn sure know Troy Smith and the rest of the game wasn't gonna make that, you know, mistake either. But we've already everybody's already said this is probably our least talented quarterback we've had in a long time. So we just gotta now I'm I'm it's over with and I I, I, I don't I don't wanna keep up with he, this he's point. on the list, all right? As we wrap this up, we'll give people the list. Worst Buckeye quarterbacks over the past is it thirty years? Yeah, past thirty years. So he's on the list. I still have Steve Belisari as number one. He'll always be number one to me. For sure. Uh, Justin Zwick is right behind him at number two, and I do mean right behind him. Uh, <laughs> and I'll put Kyle McCord at at, at, at number three. Where you got Joe Jermaine at? Why would I have? Joe Jermaine winning the Rose Bowl. I'm just making sure you ain't Jake, got him on the list. I've heard Palmer. his name. I've heard his name in top ten worst Ohio State quarterbacks. Burn and them ain't real me. Ohio State fans to say garbage. Yeah, it pissed me off. It pissed me off. Don't worry about it. Joe Jermaine is actually in my top ten greatest Ohio State quarterbacks of all time, and JT Barrett is not. So I know that pisses Buckeye fans off when I say that, but yeah. Now, Joe, Joe Jermaine was that dude, man. The only thing that hurt him was the same thing that hurt Stanley Jackson is they were sharing time with each other. Because they couldn't decide, and when Coop was pulled make one, up mind, they couldn't make up his mind. I always feel like he pulled him at the wrong time. Uh, but, and, and I made, and Stanley Jackson commented on Twitter, I think it was this summer, but I said, because uh, I think it was 11 Warriors made a post. They said, who's the most underrated Buckeye or one of the most under name an underrated Buckeye, some, something like that. And I put him on there and I put even his highlights that he had in the Rose Bowl, throwing that touchdown to David Boston and scrambling mm-hmm. and stuff. I said, can you imagine Stanley Jackson at Urban Meyer's offense? Like right. <laughs> people don't talk great. about him enough, but I'm like, bro, he wasn't garbage. No, he yeah, actually, I think he was a little ahead of his time because nowadays people would love to have a, a dual threat quarterback like him. Yeah, true. 
But no, nah, whoever put Joe Jermaine on there, you don't know what the hell you you talking about. Hey man, won us a Rose Bowl against undefeated Jake Plummer and the now deceased Pat Tillman, Arizona State Sun Devils. So uh, enough talk about the Buckeyes, man, and Ryan Day. Let's get into this real quick. Let's talk about um, <clears throat> my main man. Y'all know how I feel about him. Pause. Yes, because cause I don't know. Will Johnson might take this on here or something. <laughs> oh, he, he tired. He probably sleeps somewhere. Yeah, he already sleeps. So. But he'll he'll rewatch it and comment or something on there. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Take that, take that, pause. Right. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Double pause. Let's uh <laughs> Well, I mean, let's have a conversation because we haven't. Hold this on, hold year. on, Al, don't go no further. Hold on, hold on. You going shopping with Diddy? You letting Diddy take you shopping? I don't want to answer that. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't. But... <laughs> hey, you childish, bro. Look, I mean, and see, Nate trying to That's set somebody up. That's what I said, bro. Ask that question to... for a reason. Well, see, but but y'all know, and the audience probably knows at this point, but y'all in particular, you talking to the world's biggest bad boy records fan and, and Diddy fan, and like I said, had I known him and Big as a kid, they could have turned me into a child soldier. Like, I would have rolled for, for both of them. Like I said, yeah, I it, it, real tears in my ear, in my eyes, boy. Um, if I was out there, like I said, even as a kid, I'm like, man, Big might still be here. I, I, I would have protected everybody, even at my young age. But anyway, my problem is, um, it's a very sensitive subject, and I don't want to, you know, dance around it or not, you know, address it. But you know, even putting all that fandom stuff aside. Macy's has decided to pull Sean John off the rack, even though ain't nobody really wearing that no you more. like to pull Sean John off the rack. You should have been pulled, Sean John. <laughs> I'm just wondering, do I need to go to the store and start buying up all the Ciroc bottles and stuff now before they disappear? Well, no. Uh, so you ain't got to worry about Ciroc because they, they, they parted ways. They uh, No, but I'm no, he parted ways with the vendor and distributor, but Ciroc is still being, you know, sold. It's still on shelves. I don't think I don't think they're gonna take that down because yeah. you know that 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 that's too much of a money maker. If, if, if Armadale's killing the liquor store, then Ciroc ain't going nowhere. I, I the problem is he had to step on. down from anything that he was chairman on or stuff like that. So like Ciroc, Revolt TV, you know, he stepped down as as chairman, you know, of that. Bitch but, trying to buy Revolt. But the, but the residuals, and I'll get to Curtis Jackson in a second. The residuals <laughs> are still coming into to Diddy as of right now because they can he can step down or whatever. But there's still legalities and you know contracts and stuff, you know endorsements, revenue that you know still trickle back uh, to him. Uh oh, we got Brewski in the house. <laughs> What's up? Oh, I didn't see this from Henry C. He said. Honda McCord, that's what everybody was calling. <laughs> Kyle McCord. 
Brewski said he no longer with Ciroc. Well, I figured they weren't gonna let him. That's be what I. That's what I. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, uh, I know broke, they, they broke ties with that. Uh, they can't have him be in the face of it right now, especially. He said they ain't gonna take that off the shelf. They no, better not. Not man. never. Not gonna ever take that off the shelf. That's one of the. Take that. I'm in, so I'm in the kitchen right now. That I'm gonna sample after the show. But take, uh, take that. Take that. The Rock Brown off the shelf. That's terrible, though. Oh yeah, that brandy. Oh, that, yeah. that brandy. I don't count, I don't count that. I, I mean, Actually, the, I mean, the vodka. Sick the first the time steel, I drank. Oh my god. With French grapes. Yeah. Uh, nah. But and I and I like my liquor like my women dark, and that's I just can't. That's just nasty. It's just, we go with, with that. Um, <laughs> I just can't, but that's the first dark liquor. I was like, no, nah, I can't do this, bro. We, we transitioned in a little bit, wait, but I, I do want to um, give a shout out to everybody who wished me a happy birthday um, last weekend. And uh, the young lady that actually took me out uh, to dinner um, on Saturday as well. I won't mention her name yet, but uh, she knows who she is. Much appreciated. That's so sweet. That's sweet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Since we segue to the to the women topic. But getting back, it's this is a very hard situation for somebody like me. And just as a male, because look, it's it's one thing seeing Brewski being rude right now. <laughs> there you go. There you go, man. <laughs> uh <laughs> So, brothers can't just be happy for you. Yeah. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nah. No, we nope. happy for you. You gonna we get happy, jokes though. But this jet, you gonna feel this wrath. That's what it is. Anyway, <laughs> back to the Diddy talk. It's hard being a male because all of us have, uh, you know, seen situations or know people who were falsely accused of whether it's domestic violence or, you know, sexual assault, things like that, just because, you know, a woman was mad at them or using that as, you know, a weapon because, you know, those are two crimes and, you know, scenarios where even if ultimately you are found not guilty or whatever, it sticks with you, you know, it's, it's there. So the damage is already done when that is, you know, heaped upon your name. And all I'm saying is the timing was a little bit weird as the statutory time limits approached and stuff and, you know, all of a sudden, you know, these people coming out of the woodworks, you know, I don't know uh, Sean Combs personally. I just, you know, have been a supporter of his music career and, you know, him as a business mogul and stuff, you know, his entire um, career in the public. But I'll say the same thing that I said about, you know, Dr. Cosby or, you know, anybody else in general, they don't have to be famous. You know, if if he did it, you know, hey, man, you deserve the same thing as everybody else and to suffer, you know, consequences or whatever. You know, my personal opinion, like I said, I just need proof because I've seen scenarios where, you know, people have, you know, lied and it doesn't seem like they get the same, you know, penalties for, you know, lying and, you know, libel and defamation of character that, the individuals do if they, you know, are convicted of this. And that's something that I think needs to be brought up too. If it's, you know, unfounded or it, you know, turns out that that's not the case, you know, the false accusers and liars need to have consequences, you know, too. It needs to be like a scarlet letter put on, 
on them or something, you know, uh, listed, you know, saying, hey, this person, you know, has spread it, lies, misinformation, blah, blah, blah. You know, they need to suffer consequences, be excluded from, you know, jobs, business opportunities and stuff, you know, the way people who are accused um, are done. Now, I know people in the entertainment, you know, business do what they do, especially when they get power and they might have crazy fetishes or just think that they're untouchable or whatever. Um, I don't know. It's, it's you know, the, the one chick who went out on a date with him when they were both in college, or I think he had left Howard and was uh, working with Uptown Records with Andre Harrell, and she was at Syracuse, and she went on a date with him when this allegedly happened. Um, I don't want to be afraid to talk about you know, even Diddy in this, you know, scenario. So, I mean, what, what do you guys have any opinions on it? I mean, what is your thought process about, you know, the timing of this and, you know, whether you believe he actually did it or not. And again, these, we're just talking, we're not, you know, making a case for, for one person or the other. We're just, you know, like you, said, man, like, like you said, man, if, if this is the case and he is guilty of it, he deserves everything that he has coming to him. But if he's not, you know, let let the man live. Um, it's weird. It's it's uncomfortable because you you know, with all three of us being male, we kind of know how it feels to be probably wrongfully accused of something you probably didn't do or you really didn't have the intentions of doing. So it's kind of like difficult for us to say that now. Like I said, if it's founded, like even with the whole, you know, Deshaun Watson thing, we don't know what he was doing or what he wasn't doing or whether it was just a fetish or whether it got a little bit too aggressive or not. And all and like a lot of the you know stuff that in the in those legal cases came to be not founded or not necessarily true. So it's always you know his side, my side, and what really happened. We'll never know what really happened. But like you said, when you are a guy that's in the limelight and you do get a little bit of power and you can do certain things that other people can't do, sometimes you kind of gotta watch what you do. And back then, you know, early '90s, whatever. Like, cats weren't really worried about that because it ain't the same kind of society and get down right now. You got the social media is out. Social media. Social media is out. Cameras, Me Too movement, whatever you want to call it. You know, it's it's different now, man. So you can't be out here and you know trying to be your boyfriend to playboy mansion. Uh, I forgot his name. You can't be out here like that no more, man. It's just not the can't same. Can't be a Hugh society. Hefner. Yeah, you have to type guy. You can't do I, that, man. But see, I just think when you going back to you know the early nineties and stuff, you know, with some of these allegations and all this, and you know, I have my opinion, but it's just you know, at a certain point, because there are evil and spiteful you know people out there of of both genders, of all different backgrounds and races or whatever, and if they see an opportunity to you know cash in on an opportunity, you know, people don't mind lying either and i don't know why you know there's always the assumption of you know one gender is always telling the truth and the other one isn't you know people lie male and female Mm -hmm. and i don't i'm not saying that any of the women you know who have you know made these allegations are lying um i know that the even the cassie situation who was actually dating him uh you know i believe it's kind of strange that she comes out one day with the, you know, uh, filing, you know, against him and pressing charges. And then the very next day, um, you know, they settled, you know, out of court. Now I know what people are going to say, and there's definitely truth to it. 
you know, that's that hush-hush money that Diddy has had for a very long time and uh, makes it, you know, hard to bring something against somebody like that. I think but, you know, 50, you know, I, and I'll let you go a second. Day. 50, you know, doing and a saying what he's doing. I, I Personally, I don't think that's helping, and I, and I think it's stupid, you know, of, of him to do whatever, even with whatever vendetta he has, you know, against Puff, and I don't understand why, because it's like, bro, you made it, you made your mark in the music industry, Puff wasn't blocking you, he even considered signing you to Bad Boy at one time, but, you know, even though 50 says, oh, I never was going to sign with them anyway, you know, you still took the meeting, um, you know, and Puff's thing at the time was, you know, I just lost big, man, I ain't really, you know, into, you know, situation of signing an artist where that may happen to them you know, again or whatnot, but you know, that's, you know, whatever, that's out of my jurisdiction. That's between Puff and 50, but you know, uh, he's having a field day with this because, you know, he hasn't liked Puff for a very, you know, long time, but uh, I don't think that's helping, you know, the situation. Uh, Nate, what were you going to say? Uh, I was just going to say, uh, <clears throat> It's a lot behind this story that we don't know. Um, right. And the thing is, we can't defend nor can we side with someone and side with somebody in this situation due to the fact we don't know what all was in the open and what was in the public eye, we, of course. So that goes both ways, thing. right? It goes yeah. both ways. And that's what, I'm, that, that's what I'm getting ready to get to. It goes both ways. I think the real thing is a lot of people seen the fact that he settled out with Cassie, which everybody thinks that it was hush money, but it may have been a it may have been a situation where he was like reopen that situation that's going on. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't even want to go in the past and deal with this situation. So well, his lawyer said, you know, this is by no admission, you know, uh, of guilt you know, by doing this, and he still vigorously denies these allegations. I mean, it's happened before. Civil suits are different, you know, and, that's, yeah, and, it, and it's not an admission of guilt. I know, you know, not to bring it up, but the late, great, you know, Kobe Bryant, you know, eventually settled, you know, uh, his case. But just because somebody settles does not mean that it's admission of guilt. It just means that the, you know, accuser, you know, they wanted got, to go away. They wanted they wanted to be on. Wanted to go yeah. away also, and they got something that they felt financially would make them be able to move forward in life. And the you know accused, the defendant, feels the same way. Like man, I'd rather give you this bread and just go on about my business if that's what it takes to close this chapter and move on. But it does not mean that you know a submission of guilt either. I mean, it's a PR move. You you get on top of it before it becomes bigger. Definitely a PR move. move. I was gonna say that's a big PR move. I mean, but Diddy ain't become a, a billionaire it wasn't even by a day. It wasn't Diddy, even a day. But he he didn't become a billionaire by not having his ducats in a row, though. I mean, let's For be sure. honest, man. You know, For sure. You know, he's had the right lawyers and people around him for a very long time, even in the music industry. And even the other stuff that, you know, I love him, but you know, even the other stuff that, you know, like you said, we don't know that Puff has done to get where he's at. You know, in life, you know, he, look, he had it in order, bro. He had the right amount of corporate people. He had the right amount of goons around him. 
you know, uh, what Eddie Griffin said about Michael Jackson. He said, you don't become no billionaire by being no punk. Well, you got to do what you got to do uh, to get to that point. And I'm sure there's some things that maybe he isn't, you know, proud of. I don't know if this is one of them or not, but it's, it's really tough because I saw somebody, Nate, that I won't say the name on here. But they went to Central State with me and, and John. And you have connection to them because I think you had her on your show, uh, Men versus Truth versus uh, Women. Uh, she's a comedian. Um, uh, okay. That is Okay. And she said some garbage that actually got her unfriended on, on my social media uh, as it relates to me about why ain't nobody talking about canceling the bad boy catalog? And I said, uh, well, I had some thoughts in my head, but like I said, I didn't act on it. I just said, all right, well, I don't want to see that garbage no more. So. Yeah. <laughs> delete it but i wasn't gonna respond to it and i'm like so the families of all those artists and stuff that he just now gave his masters you know two a few months ago and stuff are supposed to suffer or us as music lovers or whatever because of one person's potential actions i don't understand that people just be talking and try to sound funny and try to sound smart that's it I don't even. I take that people when they make comments like that with a grain of salt. Now I tell you what was funny as I click on Brucey's comments. I think the stories have some truth to them. However, why are they telling the story now? I think of some money grab, especially the Diddy went ahead and paid Cassie instead of fighting. Others are gonna try to get some bread too. Said to me, I think she had more dirt to spill. He was stopping to leave before it got bigger. That's. Our perception. I mean, that's what you do in those situations. So, uh, I, so yeah, I don't agree with canceling the bad boy catalog. That's crazy. Yeah, that, that's nuts. That would be taking away so much from hip hop. Like, yeah, that's nuts. <laughs> that's dumb. But do you that's know? Dumb. But that's do you know what all you would have to take away though? Like that. Yeah, that, that's, that's like, I, I almost, almost. You, you talk about taking big away. Like that's the first. Goes into my mind, like so. You gonna Tim cancel Z's, Black Rob, Mace, the Lost Beginning, One Twelve, Total, One Twelve, Mary J, Jody, Jody C, like you, you crazy. Carl Thomas, did we say One Twelve? Yeah, yeah, I said One Twelve. Feel like there's somebody we're missing too. It's a whole <laughs> bunch of people we missing, but yeah, they, you know. they, I mean, because even if they weren't signed to Bad Boy. You talking about, you know, uh, projects that Bad Boy was involved in, all the remixes that Puff did. You know, take that ODB and Mariah Carey uh, remix of Fantasy off. That was that was Diddy too. The Honey remix with with uh, Styles P and Jada Kiss on it. There's a lot, a lot of the, the Jodeci records. You taking the locks away? A lot what of the Jodeci records about? don't happen without Puff though. People are failing to realize that. Like he was basically there executive producer during his time at Uptown. Mm-hmm. Craig Mack. Mm-hmm. It's a catalog. Yeah, that's untouchable catalog, actually. Come on, man. Like, <laughs> like I said, people just be talking, bro. Like, 
Hey man, we, we ain't even got to keep continuing on this because that's, <laughs> that's just. But it's like, but it's like people, people be, and then people be so quick to say this because of this cancel culture. Like, but if you go back through history, you know how many people we got to cancel if we're gonna do that. If we're gonna keep it all the way gutter across the board. Oh, uh, we gonna keep it a buck, man. You might have to cancel people like Elvis Presley and well, let me stop. But yeah, anyway. we, that's why I said <laughs> we're not gonna keep going due to the right. fact that it's gonna be a lot of cancellations. We're not gonna do that. Let's yeah. not do that. I, I can say another person that some people consider the GOAT, but I'm going to just leave, leave that alone. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this whole castle culture. But uh, again, I, I think we all feel the same way. If, if, if he did it, you know, hang him. If, if not, man. But my problem is it, the if not part, because the damage has already been done. Like I said, with, with allegations of these sort, even if you're eventually cleared or, you know, especially from a criminal standpoint, there's still the specter of it that never leaves. So the, the yeah. job was done anyway. Right, right. You know, and that's just like the reason why Russell Simmons is living in another damn country, you know, right yeah. now. He ran up out of here. Right. And that, that's just like, uh, you know, a few young men, unfortunately, where, you know, they go to the league or they go to the NFL and they get hit with a charge like that. Their career is taken away from them. I mean, hell, at least Diddy got to experience his career. Some of these kids and some of these young men that get hit with the same thing don't even get that. You well, know, let's that, not forget the now-deleted tweet from Jamar Chase's uh, – well, I'm not going to use that term, but the mother of his, you know, child. Um, yeah, threatening to basically end his career. You know, and, and that's the point I want to make. I'm not defending one person over the other or saying somebody else ain't credible or this or that. But I'm, but when it gets to that point, they know they can do that. And regardless of whether it's true or not, you can alter somebody's career in life. Mm-hmm. Just by yep. putting it out there. Now, things have gotten a little better with that, but you know, um, as far as people digging into stories and really trying to figure out if it's true or not. But, you know, that's just a tough situation to be around. But one thing we ain't doing is canceling the bad boy catalog. I can promise you that. No. So. So one of the other things I wanted to uh, get to getting back uh, to sports, the Crosstown Shootout is on Saturday. I'll be watching that at the house just to let you fill us know. Yeah, I will be too because I'm not paying four hundred dollars for uh, one game. No, the reasons we 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 both ain't paying four hundred dollars for that. No, because that's about what they're going for right now. They are. It says Xavier too. No. Well, I really need UC to get this. I would love for my alma mater. Uh, Xavier's had some problems out the gate this year. Uh, They're they're right for the taking right now. And we haven't won there since 2001, since the opening of the Sentai Center uh, in 2001. Damn, it's been that long? Yep, my man Steve Logan. Damn. Yep, damn. Steve Logan beat David West that day. Um, yep. This is the time. And... Um, you know what I want national commentators to do because you know what's gonna happen. They're gonna mention the uh, 2011 game at least once, 
probably more. And I and I really want that narrative to go away. I'm like, there's so much more to that game than that one game where things got out of hand at the end and the fighting, you know, all that crap. Don't mention that, man. The the, the crosstown shooter, especially us here locally, has so much more uh, to it. John, have you watched any UC basketball this year, man? Not this year. I have not. I have your not. boy, uh, your boy's son is out there, man, getting major minutes at the point guard. Yeah. James, son of Amen. son of the U, Edron James, Amen. Pro Football Hall of Famer. <laughs> he'll probably be. Uh, I guarantee he'll be starting before the end of the year. Yeah. Well, the thing I like about Jizzle is you can certainly see the athletic genes, even though it's a different sport that he's playing in basketball. You say, "Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he got that from yeah. his dad." Right. The jumping ability and just the the speed is ridiculous. Yeah. Right. I I want his outside shot to get a little bit better. Which I mean, he's a true freshman, so yeah, he's it, a true freshman. That 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 is coming through time. But it's it's not like his jumper's broke. You know what I mean? It's it's just not consistent but like the way he drives to the hole and those layups and stuff that he gets and the reverse layups and stuff you can just see it like and this team is really coming together man uh and of course they look great because they got some jordan brand uniforms back on it's a difference it's a difference bruce said you see they should win in brewski but you know this rivalry game is tough and I'm with it this time around. I, I think you see can pull this off. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, uh, <laughs> what's your boy? So it's robbery. <laughs> it, it ain't been one, but I get what you're saying. Nah, Xavier didn't, Xavier didn't <laughs> had their number for like the last six. So what's, what's, what's the worst you see loss that you can remember in the Crosstown shootout? Uh, I don't know if I can go back there for I think the year uh, Kenny Sattenham lost. Are you talking about his second year or the year with Kenny? No, the second year. That one was weird because I remember um, so that was my eighth grade year, so you had left and went to, to yep, Hughes. I went to Hughes, yep. Um, I remember that watching that game and I'm like, I, 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 I'm, I'm just saying, excuse my friends, I'm saying, what the fuck the whole game? Like, what the, what was going on? I remember I was mad because I fell asleep on the couch and uh, my brother Dustin didn't wake me up. So I woke up me away through the first half and it was, it was weird. And I'm looking at the score yeah. like, what? And what's going on? Like, yeah. but I, I do remember Shoemaker was jumping that game though. We still didn't get it done. It was, but we lost. Now the one that stands out to me, and this is taking it back, I believe I was either in third or fourth grade, so this is way back. But, you know, again, I can quote UC games going back to being five or six years old. But um, when we were ranked number one, uh, Danny Forces last uh, year, uh, yeah. when Lenny Brown hit that shot with Xavier, yeah, and that, that yeah. Xavier radio announcer got on there and said, UC's number one in the country, but number two in their own city. And yeah. I'm like, y'all just get garbage, there, man. Y'all just get up for us, man. Well, back then Xavier did have some players though. Uh Gary Lumpkin and Lenny Brown and jumping James Posey in the gang and all them. Kevin Fry. They they could hoop, man. They uh and they had some players. Yeah. 
but they still wasn't better than us. And that's the way I feel about. They had a uh, before Forston in them. They had a uh, Byron in them. They had Byron Larkin. But see, that's the way I feel about Ohio State and and Michigan. Like for whatever reason, the past three years, I still don't believe they had the better roster. I don't believe they had the better, you know, talent. I just believe they played better in that particular game and they won. And that's what you got to give them. So I'm hoping that, uh, skillings, what Bruski say. Now I want to point this out though, Bruski, because when you was giving me crap, when me, you and Dowdy was standing there at the shoulder game on the sideline, watching our alma mater. And I said that a collection of four and five star, players would be better than one superstar player but i said who did i say to keep your eyes on and who was gonna be a dog look 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 he'll he don't want to acknowledge it now he said here we go but <laughs> i told him and dowdy i said remember the name dan skillings dog you've been you've recruit out of philly I said, watch the step that he takes as a second-year player. I said, he's going to be a star before he leaves UC. But um, I got to give it even to John Newman, man. The, the Clemson transfer that was out most of last year with an injury, he's been taking it to the hole and just dunking on people uh, left and right. He's been relentless. He's been like that, though. Well, that's his attribute, or best attribute, though. Yeah. So. yeah, he's fearless. Uh, we got Aziz that's been cleared finally. Hopefully, if we can get the man Jamil Reynolds cleared too, and have two big men in the post going in the Big Twelve play. Uh, I don't think along, Reynolds is cleared though. They might not, but we still got Big Vic though. Uh, in in the in the post, but the Bearcats have a lot of exciting options, and like I said, the fact that guys are including them in their top five schools list and uh, some are committing and stuff it's it's going to get real ugly on that hoop court. So I just want to remind all these UC fans, because uh, they don't know it yet, but they get ready to switch back to being UC basketball fans. Some of them have already done it, especially with uh, Satterfield's uh, opening <laughs> act as UC football head coach. But watch, the pendulum is going to switch. Bruce sure. said, why are they not going to clear Reynolds? Well, because uh, he – they- he was considered. He was considered. Uh, they said his red shirt year was not considered red shirt. They said he was considered part of the roster. That was one thing. And then they said uh, something about him with the eligibility of transfers as well. So that was two things that was involved with that. So I don't think he's gonna get cleared. Nate's gonna give you the official answer. I'm gonna give you the download real answer. I still think that they're. It's selective enforcement um, in different parts of the NCAA and certain schools that they will let stuff go. Like I said, the kid, uh, who was the kid that left Ohio State? It's at Howard right now. Oh, the one that's like six transfers. John posted him. He's like year six eight. Six or seven transfers. Yeah, he's like six, seven years. Year eight. Now he like that. Now he at like HBCU now, like he yeah, he at Howard now. Um, oh shoot, I only there's a lot of people that don't want UC basketball to get back to where we know it should be and he is going back to because 
that's bad for the other blue bloods because if UC becomes a blue blood again, they got the Jordan brand uniforms, the momentum, the different uh, athletic facilities and stuff on campus. It's a different UC now, even than it was during the Huggins years. It can get real ugly and scarce for a lot of other teams. You're in a better conference in the Big 12, you know, now, so you'll be able to pull better recruits in with that also. There's a lot of advantages to people not wanting UC, you know, to be back. So there's that factor, too, if you ask me and just, you know, uneven enforcement throughout the NCAA. So everything that Nate said was true also, but I believe there's a little bit extra to it also. So Reynolds may not get in, but um, UC is headed in the right direction with that at least. Want to make sure we didn't miss anything. I think we touched on everything except for my uh, Los Angeles Lakers being uh, in the semifinals of this pointless NCAA we don't, we don't need to talk about that. tournament. And I'm like, I'm like, what? What is this really doing, man? Nothing. Are you not a fan of this? Are you not a fan of this? Y'all not fans? I don't. I don't see a point of it. Yeah, but y'all ain't basketball. Y'all, y'all like basketball. We are basketball fans. Hold on, man. There you go. There you go. Here you go. We do like basketball. I've had more basketball guests on this show than. Football players, and I'm a football. Guy. Yeah, but I, I, I said y'all ain't y'all ain't real basketball fans. No. Okay. Oh, how are we not real basketball? But Nate, what is the these point are of very the competitive games? They like can be competing. That's fine. They are very. That's they are fine. competing. Okay. That's okay. Great. Everybody knows at the, the end of the season, it's all they about competing in the All Star game. I'm going, but I I'm not. You can't even get them to play game. defense in the All Star game. Now I'm supposed to care. But they're playing hard in the game. In, Al, wow. that's what I'm saying. You're ignoring the fact that they're playing hard in the in game tournament. You you're absolutely right. When you put money on the line, who ain't playing harder when it's some more money involved? Who ain't? People that really love the game of basketball. No, 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 no. Al, hey, uh, uh-uh, you ain't gonna and, do that. And, and, and so somebody say, hey, bro, we got basketball. this money game going on. See, this is the difference you just said football and basketball. Fans, this is the you told us they ain't basketball fans. Now the money involved, now they're going to yeah. play harder. You should play harder for guards. It would that's be the same way if y'all had football money. If they would say, no, hey, bro, no, we got no, this money that's game. Your craft, if that's your craft, you should play hard anyway. No, I, I can tell you right now, Nate. When I was young and when I first wanted to play in the NFL, I didn't even know they got paid. And that's what I wanted to do for a living. I, money had jack shit to do with it with me with, with football. That's why I still eat, sleep, and, and drink it. It's my first love and always will be. And that's why I that's said earlier it is with in the me show. For basketball. It's the same that's why way I said me. earlier in the show. Involved. I don't give a damn if it's the Belk Bowl, the Kraft Cheese Bowl, the Wrigley Field, Yankee Stadium Bowl. If I had that opportunity to suit up and play this game at the peak of my abilities again, I would do it for free any day. You ain't okay. got to pay I, I, me to I play hear what football. you're saying. I hear what you're saying. But you go sit up here and tell me a little money on top of what you love ain't going to make you play a little harder? Not if you really love the game because that's not what your main motive uh-uh. is for. No, 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 no. I'm going to ask you this again. A little money on top of what you love to do, a little extra, ain't going to make you want to play harder. Did it make Joe Burrow want to play harder? It did, but he fucked no, up now. Excuse my mouth. No, it didn't. 
He never stopped playing at an elite level other than when he gets hurt and they stop, you know, letting them have preseason reps. Yeah, this, is why this is why the season, I don't debate so. about that. This is why I stopped debating with Calvin and Hill I, as yeah, well. Hold on. Did it make Kobe play harder? Yep. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> did. Definitely did. <laughs> Thank hey, and then, Bru- and then Bruce, and then Bruce does this. I know. No, there ain't no, no thing. You see, Bruce no. does this thing where he tries to tell me how I feel based on other people and what they would do in different scenarios. And I always had to correct him. Well, I'm not other people, you know. So that's that's not how I function. If you get paid to do something, it's your job anyway. But there's a difference between getting paid to do a regular job, like. You know, all of us work and okay. Stuff, all right, let's let's like backtrack stuff, a little bit. Stuff let's like this. Let's backtrack a little bit. Let's backtrack stuff, a little bit. See, he ain't let me finish. Stuff like this that I would do regardless if I wasn't getting paid because it's my true passion and love. Okay, okay. For example, you said your prime. Your prime. You ain't worried about no money. You ain't doing everything. A D one scholarship on the line. Say what? A D one yeah. scholarship is yeah, on the of line. Of course, if a D one scholarship was on the line, of course I'm gonna play harder. A, That's just what. A D one scholarship is on the line. I'm not getting the correlation. He's saying, as far as if it don't have to be money, if it was an opportunity, if it was a D one scholarship, another money, opportunity that, at the next. Would that level. make you play harder? Would that make you play harder? But of course you would, because that's just what it is. See. It's times like this where I wish my dad was still alive because he could probably explain I, it better. I, I, I know where your daddy gonna go me. with it. I know, you know where your daddy gonna go with it. Like my dad said, even if we had an eight o'clock game up in Dayton, Ohio, you never had to wake Alex up. I didn't have an alarm clock when I was younger. I would be outside at six in the morning with everything but my shoulder pads on, ready to go. Because I love the game that fucking much. I didn't need an alarm clock to, to wake up. So money I think I is, I, I is not gonna be an incentive. But, Playing for a D1 scholarship or trying to, as most of us did who played, you know, during that year, that's great. Yeah, because you want to continue your career. That's what it was about with me. Now, I had to walk on, but, you know, again, the incentive of, of getting that, yeah, that's that's nice. But like I said, if I had the opportunity to play football, I was going to play football. That that Even that was not necessarily my end goal. I just wanted to play football as long as I could. And make it to the NFL. All that financial stuff is great. It's it's like icing on the cake, you know, to me. Like moving my mom out of the hood, stuff like that was, you know, an, an incentive. But the money itself, that was not why I was playing football. But this is my thing, Al. This is the point I'm making. There's a there's a goal with every level. When you get to the pros, the goal is to make money and win a, a, a championship. College uh-huh. level, the, the, you're trying to get the accolades. You're trying to prove that you're ready for the next level, to be to be known for what you're doing and being known what you're doing in your craft. Every level has something that makes you play harder. Every level, it don't matter what it is. It's, Bruce, it, you okay, have so a job, you, your job. If your job incentives that work, you're not gonna work harder to get it. I don't know, like. My dad told me when I was a kid, he said he didn't give a damn whether I, you know, became a professional knitter for, you know, 11, you know, I want you to be the best, you know, knitter 
on the planet. And that's kind of the attitude that I took around in, in life or whatever. Like I, I just from a competitive standpoint, I want to be the best and anything that my name is attached to or somebody's, you know, hold me accountable for. Yeah. I want to bust ass and be the absolute best at it. And uh, just my internal pride is not going to let me half ass and do something. Cause I don't believe in that. So incentives. Yeah. I mean, you're going to try to reach them, but you know, like I said, I'm just built different. I can't really explain it, you know, to people. Like, you don't have to, you know, wave a carrot in front of me to do, you know, the best job that I'm capable of doing. That's what I was raised to do. So I don't really know any different way than approaching it. I'm not a, you know, half-assed person. If I'm all in on something, I'm all in on it. Lucy said, am I able to call in? Um, I'm gonna be honest with you with this setup. I don't know how to do it yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, we'll work to get, you know, uh, to that point. Lucy said, can I call in? <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if I let Lucy call me and put it on speaker, but I don't think it'll work right. My bad. Right. I'm just saying, bro. Y'all just, I don't. Bro, we I, get what you're saying. We don't. We, we we understand the sentiment behind what you're saying. Like my only thing is, was that making them play hard? Did you have to go through all that to make them play harder? Like with this subject, the, in particular, it's it? not. It's not going to work with me, especially if I relate it to my. It's first not. Love. I, I can't. I'm, I'm not going to be can't. able to convince you. I'm not going to be I able can't to because. Because, like I said, for me, it's it's football over everything. Like I don't give a damn about anything else on this planet. Like I'll be honest. Like it's it's always been that way, and it will. Like I could start crying right now talking about the game of football because that's you know how deep my love is for it. So you know, like I said, waving a carrot in front of me or a dollar bill, no, it's not gonna get me to play any harder than I always did yeah, when I stepped on the field. But you know what the thing is? It's another thing about it is like. Football takes more physique, more physical aspects in the game. We understand that. My thing is, when it comes to basketball, you have the ability to coast and still do your best in those games. Football, you can't do that. There's a difference between the two sports in regards to the physicality and also how you play in the game. Some people are smarter than others in basketball. Some people are smarter than others in football. Some people can coast in football. Some people can coast in basketball. So the thing is, in regards to this end game, this in this midseason tournament, the whole thing of it behind it is everybody's thinking about getting a midseason championship due to the fact that everybody was playing to their full potential in the middle of the season. That's what I'm saying. That's the only thing I'm saying to you. Go ahead, John. But why not play to your full potential to win it? Because you're playing 82 games instead of playing 17 games like football. I'm sure hell. I get it. I get it. But I'm just saying. For example, the fun guy made all them commercials, and he was the king of LA and what he was gonna do. And we ain't seen him since. So this is gonna make him come play harder and not take off games and not Kawhi. Kawhi Leonard, the fun guy. He was the king of LA because LeBron James still in LA. New New Balance. And when he made the commercials with the little keychain waving in the wind, and the little, I, got little, little... Better, I got a better example. Than that. <laughs> Shut that's all true. this shit down. That's, that's 
Uh, he don't even, he ain't even playing full season and, and with the Clippers. That's what I'm saying. So with, that's without being hurt, harder. without being hurt. Okay, so you can't use him. So I'm sure as hell glad the athletes that I grew up watching them triple headers on NBA on NBC. Nate talking about somebody ain't no real basketball fan. I used to be glued to my TV, watch all three games, then watch the night game on TNT. But that's when guys actually played and cared and competed. You know, night in and night out, people like Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, that you had to drag off that damn court, didn't mind playing an 82-game season and still tried to play every single game and the playoffs. And somehow their bodies mostly held up to doing so until they were ancient and couldn't do it anymore because their bodies were conditioned to do it and they loved the game that much that they wanted to compete night in and night out. So I don't really want to hear all this crap that you need in season tournament to make people play hard because some of them still ain't playing hard because if you look at the teams that are left of the four teams or whatever the lakers record is like 13 and 9 or something right now you know anyway so it's not like they you know are tearing it up even with this in-season tournament you know it's you know other motivations that motivate these guys now like money but i mean they get paid to be in the all-star game too and they still go out there and you know half-ass and, and not want to, you know, guard each other. And that's not the all-star games that we grew up, you know, watching the Pro Bowl. Of course, me being a leatherhead or old school, I felt like I would have competed and played the same way. But I understand them because it's a much more violent, you know, collision-based game and guys were getting hurt in the Pro Bowl and altering their futures and their careers and their earnings and stuff. But in basketball, it's a, it's, it's, it's a damn pickup game. You know, a competitive pickup game. There's no reason for y'all to be out there just letting, you know, cats go to the lane and not even playing at all. Like, that's just stupid. Like, you know, to me, they get paid for that. I, I want to know what the explanation is for that. My bad. My, my, bad. my mic was messing up. Uh, it's just some guys, I'm going to say this. They really love the game. I'm, I'm, I ain't going to say everybody loves the game. Cause they don't. Kyrie that, Irving told you that. Yeah, that's that's true. That's facts. I ain't holding you that, but it's NFL players that don't love the game either. They're doing this for a check. But just like you said, you're right. I'm not naive to think that everybody that goes out and plays the game of football is absolutely in love with it. But like you said, there's a different level of physicality and effort that's required to play the game of football. So you don't sure. get your ass handed to you and broken up out there to where you can't half-ass it the way that you can in basketball. For sure. And that's all I'm saying is if there are guys that take the game serious no matter what's going on. You're one of those guys. I'm one of those guys. Big time, one of them guys. We take the game serious. But there are guys that are out here that have the gift to play at the next level or the top-tier level, but they don't take it serious. And that's why people like Kyrie should be banned. I ain't gonna say he banned because due to the fact that, that that boy can play basketball, I can't even get. Back. What did KG say? It ain't about talent. It ain't about that. What, what did KG well, say? If you, got, if you got what man in a, in the world has not used their talent? I mean, there, there's crackhead butterheads. We are. I mean, there's a lot of people like that. But I'm saying at that level at the NBA. At the NBA, there's there's several people in the NBA that have that have top tier talent, and they only use it for a money chase. There's people in the NFL 
that have this top tier talent, they only use it because it's a money chase. They know that's gonna make them a lot of money. You have to ask hell though. Somebody's gonna take your spot and or you're gonna get hurt or broken up. For sure. Von Miller already said that. In the NBA, as soon as he's half to ask, it's almost become it's almost become unwatchable at certain portions of the season trying to watch NBA basketball. And they only slightly step it up in the playoffs now because uh, the, even the league itself wants to see everybody run up and down the court and score 150 points, you know, a, a night. But like I said, in basketball, you know, we was talking about the optics and it just looks bad earlier. Well, that's how I feel when I watch basketball. You know, it just looks bad because, like you said, there are portions of the game or season where you can go out there and just lollygag and say, I don't really care, and it shows. At least you forced to play each week, each game, you know, in, in football because, like I said, if you don't, you know, your livelihood and your overall health can be at stake if that's the case. And most football players, uh, speaking of teammates, aren't going to let you coast because now, you know, you you messing with, with my bottom line and could get me hurt because you out here fooling around. Your your mic is mic is on mute, Big John. I for agree. Sure. Ain't no argument for me. It's the it's the ultimate team sport, of course. It's just if I don't do my job to the best of my abilities, that can throw everything off. It's a link in a chain. That's just what football is. Absolutely, Bruce. You said. Now, I agree with you on that, A.B. I can't watch the game during the first half of the season, but in the season tournament has made it more enjoyable to watch. Well, I mean, and, and it's not everybody. There are certain guys that you know are going to play no matter what, like Jimmy Buckets. You know, Joel Embiid is another one. You know, Giannis is is another one. Guys that you know are going to play uh, hard no matter what. And they're superstars, you know. And then there's other junkyard dogs like Patrick Beverly and, of course, you know, he may not be the same player that he once was, but that's why particularly after Kobe retired, you know, one of the players that I enjoyed watching was, was still uh, Russ because I know uh, regardless, Russell Westbrook is going to go 100 miles per hour and the effort is going to be there. And he attacked the game the same way I play, like it meant something. Like every game was a life or death situation. But you so, can't say, oh, man. You can't say I'll what. You can't I'll say that ain't how Russ played. I'm gonna leave it you, alone. You, you, that ain't how Russ played. Did I say something that was? was he was plays wrong? with reckless abandonment sometimes. Bro. I'm not getting into your style points and your preference. I'm talking about an effort standpoint. I was being very specific in what I said. Sometimes his effort ain't even the right effort. Okay, man. I'm just glad Sometimes y'all Sometimes his effort ain't the right effort. It ain't. What's the right effort? If it the, ain't the right effort, he forces issues. I'm not talking about the play every game like it was his last. Him playing reckless. Kobe Bryant played every game like it was his last. No. 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 I, you can Kobe look Bryant. back at games where it looks like he just doesn't know what the fuck. What he? Excuse my mouth. He, he don't know what he's doing. It's games Who? out there that he does. He looks like he doesn't know what he's doing. Who? Even when he was with your Lakers, it was games out there he didn't look like he knew. I he said Kobe Bryant. He I was didn't talking. say Russell Westbrook. 
I was talking about Russ. My bad. I ain't know you was talking. I about asked that Kobe Bryant play every game like. Oh no no yeah. I, I, you ain't getting no argument. We can we can get off the, we can get off this with talking about Kobe. Ain't no you ain't gonna catch no argument with Kobe for me. But I felt like Allen Iverson played every game like it was his last two. He did. We bro, you you speaking of a different. But see, you getting into effectiveness and and and, and all of this and and you know. No, it, you it speaking is. of a different breed. None of them niggas still playing, bro. You speaking of a different breed. My bad. I'm just saying, you speaking of a different breed. They're not playing no more. Nate owe me $20. And I'm not accepting Russell Westbrook because he plays with reckless abandonment. I'm not doing that. Right. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna accept Russell Westbrook because he plays reckless. His style of play is reckless. Only time it wasn't reckless was in, when he was in OKC averaging a triple-double because he had no other choice but to do that way. He had to play that way. James Harden and Steph Curry ruined basketball. I'll give you Steph Curry. I ain't going to say James Harden. James Harden just is an ice I actually oh, he is. He is. He's just an ice hooker. I... I'ma say Steph Curry per se didn't ruin basketball. Everybody who tried to be like Steph Curry ruined basketball. I agree with that. That's it. Y'all forgetting about James Harden doing the little dumb hand gestures and stuff and going out partying after loss. Now, I totally. Why you bringing up his personal life? What's his personal life got to do with that? I totally and get back because he didn't want to play for a particular team, which he's never recovered from. But that's every team he's played for, bro. That's every team he's played for. Look, look, Corey Chappelle, a.k.a. Bruce, you say, I hate James Harden. You know, one of our more famous guests that we had on here, DeMar Johnson, said the same thing, that he didn't. What's uh, up, Terry? Look at, look at Terry. <laughs> uh, that, that he didn't like James Harden's game. Now, like I, going back, I, I'm, I'm sorry for what I didn't hear what you just asked because I had you on mute. Um, but like I said, Steph Curry rule basketball. People who tried to be like Steph Curry rule basketball. Um, I've never been a fan of how James Harden plays now. I was a fan of how he played at OKC when he was coming off the bench. Maybe he should have stayed playing like that. But I hate, and me and Al laugh about it. But the dribble, 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 shoot that gets on my nerves. Like do something. <laughs> like I don't want. I don't want to and watch the Right, I don't want to watch thirty minutes of you standing in one place dribbling this shooting. That's boring. I don't want to watch that. It's a terrible way of basketball. I I, I don't disagree with that. Now it, it, it works for him. To Steph Curry's defense, he but runs it doesn't around, help. He makes game. plays. He does what he does. Steph Curry didn't ruin basketball. It's people who tried to be like him ruin basketball. For sure, Steph Curry. You got kids, Steph Curry still kids, moves without now. the ball. He he like he, he rip Hamilton when he without the ball. He runs around. He makes plays. He comes off screens. He does everything he's supposed to do. People who I'm try never, this, to be this, like him. This goes sound crazy. This goes sound crazy. Y'all might not like how I'm going to say this. He has the new age Mike Jordan influence. If you understand oh, what I'm saying. Steph Curry. Because these kids want to be him. He does. I don't disagree yeah. with that. Yeah. yeah. Because he gave everybody who was 5'9 and 5'10 a chance to think that they could still keep playing exactly. basketball. Yep. Exactly. All you got to do is be able to shoot from half court. If you can shoot the ball, you can do anything. That's what they don't know that, and they don't know that Steph Curry is taller than me. The Negro is six three. (laughs) So they don't know that he has a unique skill set that was instilled and and practiced by him because of his father, Dale Curry, who was one of the 
greatest shooters of all time in his own right. So that's why he's able to play like that. And it's not mm-hmm. forced. And even people to try to emulate Steph are not going to be able to do it to the level that, that he was. And nope. another thing that he has that a lot of people don't even pay attention to, the young man can handle the basketball. And y'all got to be Steph over Curry here. Steph Curry. And that's the thing. Like, you know, people trying to emulate him, but I just think it's the way basketball has, has changed and the AAU influence and stuff. Because I know Kobe said he yeah. hate, uh AAU and he wished, you know, basketball was still Little League and, you know, fundamentals and stuff were worked on. But the whole vibe is everybody, if you ain't shooting from half court, you know, it's 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 a dunk. You yep. know, or, or an alley-oop. I mean, very rarely. I mean, I guess you see it sometimes, but man, I remember when the game was like real detailed half court offense, the triangle offense, you know, pick and roll stuff like John Stockton, Carl Malone. I I think you know Steve Nash was the last one to use that 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 pick and roll uh, consistently to that you know uh, degree. Yeah. On I, I'm gonna say it did pass on the Joker and uh, Murray. I don't think you've ever watched their offense, but they run a two-man game. How would I not have watched? <laughs> I mean, but here's, here's the thing. What, what y'all saying? It is what y'all saying is correct, but like even even with the pick and roll thing, like how many guys you see with a post with a post game or even with a mid-range game? It's only a select few. That's why they rushed and got mellow up out the league. This Joker is not the same. <laughs> right. Because I mean, they're Jamar big DeRozan men. They're, the last they're allowed. Of, breed of, the mid-range. of course, Jamar Jamar DeRozan ain't changing. He don't care. He ain't gonna like, change his game. It's well, like, your boy in Milwaukee. He might be a little old now, but Chris Middleton had a nice mid-range. Uh, he did. He used game to. too. Mm-hmm. But he was he was more of a he was more three point threat as well though. Yeah, that mid-range game is a lost art, man. For yeah, real. it is. When I got older, I realized that's gonna be my best friend. When I hit 30, I was like, oh, yeah, the mid-range is going to be my best friend. You got that club foot, bro. You can't run like <laughs> It's not. My, bad, my basketball <laughs> career done. I'm over. I'm, I'm retired. I'm sitting down. I just See, you, see y'all, y'all, was, y'all was messing. Joke about Tim Duncan. Now you is Tim Duncan. Now you got to play it. Oh, no. Right I was never joking about Tim Duncan because I was the only one that made <laughs> Shout out to my boy, Tone. Tone was the diehard Tim Duncan fan, and I started paying attention. I'm like, Timmy got game. So Timmy rubbed you off. You know what? Him. Tim Duncan was one of them dudes that I really didn't appreciate until the very tail end of Of his career. career. Because I always knew he was great, but it was just so damn boring to to watch. (laughs) What what Shaq called him the big fundamental. Big fundamental. And and him banking it, you know, in and stuff like that. He mastered the bank shot. You know, because, like, my, my favorite, you know, power forwards, you know, Chris Webber, Charles Barkley, you know, Rasheed Wallace, like, I like to see entertainment value, you know, KG, you know, Duncan's game was so plain and boring, but, like, towards the end of his career, I started to realize, like, you know what, he might be the greatest power forward at all. <laughs> what what do he say? What do he say on the Titans? You run six plays, straight like double K, give it time, it always works. It always works. It always works, yep. <laughs> No, nah, but I understood, and not just him, you know, Ginobili, Parker, you know, that, that big three that they had, man. The they, they put in some real work, man, and they played some, some great basketball for a very long time, man. That offense was different, bro. That offense was different. You it know, and the way they were able to beat – The way they were able to beat and in that uh, uh, big three down in Miami <laughs> – 
and 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 they were not at the peak of their abilities when they beat no. uh Miami. Nope. nope. They was they, they just they played right there at the hump. They was yeah. right there. Fundamentals and being coached by uh uh Pop, you know, was able to Pop get it done. He's definitely a mastermind. Yeah. Yep. Even, even though Victor Wimbiana ain't doing what he's supposed to do tonight. He's pop his <laughs> man. That long mug, seven three, wingspan of almost eight foot. Yeah, that's crazy. It's crazy. Now the Joker uh don't pass the eye test neither, but he's another one that just you can't stop. He I, I think they're the team to beat still. They definitely have to be. They definitely the team to be. Now, what I want to know is is why Contavious Caldwell Pope couldn't play like that when he was with the Lakers. That pissed yeah. me off. Because LeBron James had the ball. Well, we don't want to get into that. Uh, have people like Lowe's. My bad. Lose my, bad. my bad. No, I, I agree. You know, but, you know, as I said before, you know, you start talking about LeBron any, even if it's constructive criticism, these Bron sexuals will get uh, upset in a hurry. Yeah, that's true. I, I leave it alone. Well, fellas, is we, for the money, uh, gold is for the honeys. You got to put that Celtic crap in there. Yeah. We uh, <laughs> we ready to wrap up. We want to remind everybody to please check us out. Everywhere, excuse me, on uh, YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Pie, uh, Apple Pies. Y'all see what my mind. Everybody, I'm everybody, down down. I'm home. I'm home too. too <laughs> Apple Podcasts. Uh, check out us on Facebook too. The link will be up as as well to catch the live stream. We got some pretty exciting things as we close out season three and the beginning of season four. Also, anybody that is looking for uh, a podcast to sponsor, again, the best sports podcast in the city of Cincinnati will be a great one to start with. So uh, we want to sign out. I am Farrell checking out with the Brown, Bruce Wayne, Big John. Yes, sir. Will West, the best, Nate. You know it. And we will do it better the next time. There you go. Yeah. <laughs>